Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Double Twist, thank you always, and of course, Amazon Music. <laughs> thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. A little unorthodox today. Of course, uh, not recorded right after the game. Not uh, It's just the way it goes. Tight schedule. Recording a little bit of this uh, late on Sunday night. We'll see how far I get. But, of course, the show will not be released until Monday morning. Kansas City versus Denver just concluded. So, basically, all of the games for Sunday have officially concluded. Still got a couple of mon- Monday night football games coming up during tomorrow, of course. You got uh, Monday afternoon and Monday night. Interesting. Monday afternoon football. Well, this game was kind of strange, but at least the Minnesota Vikings came out with a win, whatever that means, right? 27-24 against the 1-11 Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and not a single uh, player was really celebrating when the Vikings won the game because it was just so ugly. It was so stupid. It was stupid. It was just a stupid game, like stupid. But the Vikings won. Yeah, we're 6-6, six and six and we get to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week against a guy in Tom Brady the Vikings have never defeated, ever. Uh, interesting history with Tampa Bay over the years. Some fun games back in the early 90s, and then some extremely frustrating ones from the uh, basically the late 90s, or the mid-90s, pretty much early uh, mid-90s on, basically when Tony Dungy took over that team, and John Gruden, and blah, 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 and Joe Q coach ever since then. Basically, ever since Gruden got fired when things kind of fell off the face of the planet in 2008. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, there were heroes, there were goats, there were heroes and goats. Uh, This guy looked good, then he was bad, then he was good again. And then, uh, yeah, that would be Cameron Dantzler in a lot of ways. He had a lot of great uh, plays in the game. He had some moments where he got beat and looked like he just, you know, he looked out of position, looked in, uh, the inexperience was kind of taken over again, plays where he was like, what is he doing? But generally speaking, Cameron Dantzler... One of the better players in today's game, no doubt about it. Uh, Justin Jefferson, with uh, now five 100-yard games, has now eclipsed Randy Moss, of all people. <laughs> wow. Uh, for a Minnesota Vikings rookie to uh, uh, do that in one season. Randy freaking Moss, 1998. You know, the 98, Randy Moss. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Vikings are only 6-6 six and six on the season compared to a 15-1 and one season. Vikings will be lucky to be 10-6. and six. We'd have to go undefeated the rest of the way to get there. I don't think that's going to happen. We're looking more like 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven at best at this point, but we'll see because you got to beat the Bucks and the Saints, much less uh, Detroit and Chicago as we move forward. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. Chicago and Detroit. Boy, oh boy. Those teams both look like crap. James Robinson was dangerous. He was dangerous like I thought. The Vikings did contain him for the most part. Uh, early on, they didn't contain him. The game started off like garbage. I mean, just absolute garbage, to be quite honest. Mike Glennon was 5 of 5 on his first uh, five attempts. And then later on, he got a couple of interceptions. One of them where Cameron Dancer literally ripped the ball away from the receiver. That was a great play. And then later on, another interception to kind of sort of seal the game. Of course, it really didn't seal the game. But it gave the Vikings a chance to win the game by uh, Harry the Hitman. <clears throat> He's actually leading the Vikings in interceptions this year with four. Harrison Smith. Justin Jefferson, though, nine catches, 121 yards, and got in the end zone again. Awesome. Uh, Adam Thielen returning from, I guess it was COVID-19. 
I don't know what it was anymore. You know, the the whole thing, this whole COVID-19 thing is really raising a lot of questions. It's getting weird. Okay, I know, it's the most deadly thing ever, right? But I, I don't know, is it though? I, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know, it's getting weird. Uh, is it four, is it two weeks? Is it 14 days? It's seven days? It's eight days? It's six days? It's five days? It's 14 days? It's two days? Oh, it's, it's positive, it's not positive. It's positive, but it's not positive. I don't know what the hell to say anymore. Delvin Cook overused in today's game, no doubt about it, and he was pretty gimpy, pretty lousy early on. I don't know if it's because of the injuries last week. He's definitely overused, though, because if they were worried about overusing Delvin Cook and him getting banged up and hurt, they sure as hell didn't seem to care today. Again, 32 frickin' rushes. He did average almost four yards a carry, only 12 for a long, but down the stretch, some big plays that helped the Vikings. You did see a 22-yard gain negated by a frickin' call. Uh, holding call that just, uh, you know, it's just typical, I guess. That's just how it goes. That's how this whole game was. Uh, it started like garbage. It looked like we were going to get our butts kicked like the Buffalo Bills in 2018. Just absolutely getting our butts kicked. That's what it felt like. Uh, but luckily, this team is even worse than that Buffalo team. Cause, well, look at Buffalo now. I mean, it's hard to imagine Buffalo sucking right now. But they did not that long ago. Maybe Jacksonville in a year or two when you got guys like James Robinson and the talented receivers and such. We'll see what happens. Um, obviously, they're not there yet. But Robinson, again, one of those undrafted free agents that ends up being a hell of a player. And I keep calling him James Hollywood Robinson because the former Timberwolf. Every time I see James Robinson, I think of James Hollywood Robinson, number 26, Minnesota Timberwolves, Portland Trail Blazers, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Mike Lennon's a respectable quarterback at times, but you also see why he's, he's a backup. I don't know. Did he deserve to be the fourth quarterback on the roster? I guess. I don't think he's that bad. I mean, he's better than Sean Mannion. And Sean Mannion's the number two quarterback for the Vikings. Wrap your head around that. I mean, the guy... Yeah, Sean Mannion. Talk about limited. I don't even know what the Vikings are doing. But I guess that's how it goes when you put $31 million in, in the quarterback. Well, I guess in that sense, your budget for quarterbacks is... Uh, yeah, league minimum at that point. You can't be uh, getting guys that are semi, semi-decent semi to be your backup quarterback when you're investing $31 million in one player. Eh, boy, we're going to be talking about that for the next three years or two years, or so to speak, I guess, the next two years. Yeah, we, we sure are, huh? <laughs> uh, well, you got to see, uh, you got to see Dan Bailey look like, I don't know, did he look like Carlson? Did he look like Daniel Carlson or did he look like Blair Walsh today? I don't know. Well, he made the game winner and there was no celebration when he made it. Absolutely nothing. Uh, he missed two extra points. This time he didn't get blocked because the guy was offsides. No, no. He didn't get blocked because the guy was offsides and they made the call and anything. No, no, no. He just missed and they were lousy. And then the field goal attempt to quote-unquote win the game at the end of the fourth quarter looked like Blair Walsh against uh, Seattle, but it was further out. So, <sighs> It's just a fabulous kick, though. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's get back to the uh, the game at hand. Literally, the game at hand. The opening drive, yeah. I mean, the Vikings were not stopping Jacksonville. They were kind of doing whatever they wanted. James Robinson is running through. Mike Lennon was completing passes. And then you get what looked like, uh, you know, kind of a deeper play that was going to be incomplete. It was going to be fourth down, and they were, uh, Jacksonville's going to... Uh, Jacksonville was going to have to settle for a field goal. Oh, but the ball ricocheted and was caught for a touchdown. That's just great. And some guy named LaVisca Chenault Jr. was able to bring it in. 
for a touchdown after the ball was ricocheted uh, in the air off of the uh, off of uh, Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd, yeah, he had his uh, third straight week with a illegal block in the back. Isn't that just great? Three weeks in a row with an illegal block in the back on special teams for Chris Boyd and a ricochet touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know. Sometimes it's just pure luck, and it's not like Chris Boyd made a bad play. It's just that figures, doesn't it? Doesn't that figure? Uh, Chad Beebe, well, he did make two catches for 10 yards, and that's about all she wrote. Uh, Tyler Conklin made one of the more important catches of his career when the Vikings needed it most, 10-yard gain on one of those huge drives nearing the end. Uh, Delvin Cook again. Good grief. I mean, how many touches? 38 touches in the game. 38 touches in the game from Delvin Cook. 30, 32 rushes and 6 receptions, of course. Again, you got to factor in a couple of those were penalties that didn't count. So a couple of the rushes, like his best gain of the game was a penalty. So that actually was a rush. It just doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But it does show up on uh, the body when it gets beat up and all that. Uh, gosh, you got to see C.J. Ham explode for a touchdown. That was kind of exciting, to be quite honest. Quite exciting. Indeed, it was on a, on a screen pass. That was a 12-yard play from Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk. Pardon me, doing it some coffee or burning the uh, not-quite-midnight oil. It's not quite that late, but uh, it's getting there. Uh, Kirk Cousins definitely not as sharp as he was last week, but he got sharp later in the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, that opening drive was poo. And luckily the Vikings were able to have the red zone defense stand up strong the next time around after the Vikings had another worthless drive just to, <laughs> for their second drive of the game where Jacksonville had to settle for a field goal this time for sure. There was no miracle play this time. But still, mm, uh, lousy. Lousy start to this football game, and and a wonderful start to the second half as well. After the Vikings made it, well, the Vikings finally scored in the second quarter. <laughs> uh, the Adam Thielen play, and then of course, uh, yeah, nice play for Adam Thielen into the end zone from just three yards out. So, uh, short play, of course, and then again, that's where uh, Dan Bailey missed the, the uh, point after attempt or extra point or whatever the hell you just want to call it. Who cares? It is what it is. It's funny how the score kind of evened out, and we'll tell you why. Of course, those of you that actually watched the game would know why that happened. Um, but it's like, you're within three. You're feeling all right. Everything's going to be fine. 250 left. You're only down by three. We get the ball back. Here we go. You know, maybe we got some momentum because Jacksonville's offense is starting to sputter. It's starting to suck, you know, and maybe we can start beating up, beating up on this defense that gives up, gives up like 9 billion yards and only had 11 sacks coming into the game, and gosh, they almost got like 50% of those today with four. Can you believe that stat? Four. Four. Four sacks. I mean, how many urban legends are on this show today? How many urban legends are on this show? For one, how do you make an 11 and, or a 1-11 and 11 team look like a team that might be, yeah, you know, respectable? 8-4, eight and, eight and 7-5. Eight, and five. Jacksonville looked like a decent team. That's how bad the Vikings were in this game. That's how sloppy we were offensively and defensively throughout most of the game. And I mean just sloppy. Just sloppy. Again, you give up four sacks against a team that has had 11 sacks the entire season. Home games don't mean jack crap anymore, by the way, and obviously there's a reason for that. But still, you think the confines of your home stadium would be better, I, I guess. I don't know. They just weren't. And it didn't matter for Hill of Beans. Um, and then the two extra point attempts. 
the two extra point attempts that were missed, the ricochet touchdown that didn't make any sense. I mean, there's that's four, that's three urban legends right there, and the fourth is, well, I mean, well, the, let, let's just say how many times is Kirk Cousins either like you're in a situation when maybe you have a tiny bit of momentum or something, or you know, it's happened multiple times to open the half this year already, but I mean, just in general, you just open the half. After, again, yeah, like Delvin Cook earlier in the game had dropped a an easy, easy play that would have been a first down on like third and six. Dropped, dropped it just real easy, real early in the game. I think that was the second drive of the game, if I remember correctly. I was like, he just dropped it. He was wide open. He would have gotten another six yards at least, at least. You know, you know the old yak, yards after catch. And then he struggles and struggles and struggles. And then on this play, he's not really even looking. I don't know, but it looked more like it was more Kirk Cousins' fault. But, of course, I'm sure Kirk would tell you he has to check the film because that's Kirk Cousins' style. He throws it right into the uh, the linebacker of Jacksonville's hands, and you get a pick six to open up the second half. When you're only down by three, you're down by, well, ten. Isn't that just terrific? Oh, my God! Absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, it's, it's, just, it's a pick six. It's just part of the game, you know? <laughs> It's part of the game, you know, you know, everybody makes mistakes. It's okay. You know, we'll just have to check the film, though. Maybe it wasn't really Kirk's fault to check the film. You know, that's that's all. That's all we got to say about that. Just check the film. Oh, and Britton Colquitt had a touchback. That's another uh, urban legend. I mean, this game is nothing but urban legends. The whole game itself was an urban legend. How many stupid penalties, how many sloppy plays can you make in one game? One single game. Uh, both teams. Because Jacksonville looks, you know... As much as we made them look good, they still look bad. They still look like idiots. Joe Schobert Schaub- was officially the guy with the pick sticks. 43 yards down the field. Chase McLaughlin with the extra point. He also had a pretty significant miss earlier in the game as well. I don't know. Just what a mess. What an absolute freaking mess of a game this was. Yeah, Chase McLaughlin. Uh, pretty nasty miss as well, which was okay. Uh, and, and he missed an extra point. Three missed extra points in the game. I mean, that's just two kickers that look like they belong on a 1-11 and team. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't fumble uh, We didn't fumble a kickoff or a punt. That's good. But uh, Delvin Cook also fumbled in the game as well. On a play that was his fault. Just like the Adrian DeFar, Favre to Adrian type of goal line play. Similar with uh, Cook. And Cousins just put the ball on the ground like he just wanted to do. Cook was not real good today. Uh, his numbers were high because they kept giving him the ball down the stretch because we didn't have a whole lot of faith in Dan Bailey, which was really kind of funny. It's like, screw it, we're only five yards out. Screw it, give the ball to Delvin Cook again. Let's just end it this way instead. Okay, fine, give Bailey the ball. Hell with it. And then he finally made it, and the Vikings won. But, uh, yeah, that was the only field goal. Or, no, that was the second field goal they made in the game. Overall, just lousy, though. Just lousy. Lousy, to say the least. Uh, it took forever for the Vikings to get a sack in the game as well. Hercules Mata Afa and Harrison Smith sharing one. And Odenigbo finally getting his first. What happened? Last year, he had a ton. And this year, we needed him. What happened to Odenigbo this year? And isn't that just always how it goes? Whenever you don't, you know, you know, a, a guy's like a total shock, a, a total surprise, after he was kind of on the verge of being like a guy that's like, I don't know, he may never make it. Uh, in the NFL, ends up having a really strong second half of the season. And then you need him next year because, well, 
you know, I mean, Everson Griffin's gone. No Daniil Hunter. Yannick Ngakwe we gave up on after about five games. So you're ready for Odenigbo to get going, and he doesn't get going. He just doesn't. Uh, Todd Davis with 11 tackles. Nice job, actually. Spot starter because uh, the other urban legend, the 19th urban legend of the game, was the very first one. Uh, Eric Hendricks gets injured before the uh, the opening snap. He gets injured in the warm-ups. Kind of hopping around, hopping around. Ah, that just sucks. I remember just seeing that. You're just staring at the screen like, this this can't be real. This can't be real. Uh, Jordan Brailford with his first game with the Minnesota Vikings, at least. Solid showing by Jordan Brailford. Jordan Brailford. Spelled like Braille, like a blind person, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, they look for blind, uh, yeah. It's the, that's the raised symbols for blind people to re- be able to read, that type of thing. That word Brailford. Jordan Brailford. He was drafted by the Washington football team in 2019. They were still the Redskins that year, so we'll call him the Redskins in the seventh round. It was actually his first NFL game ever. And he actually did pretty well. Congratulations. He was kind of picked up after the uh, NFL scrap heap, so to speak, because of just, I mean, everybody's out. We need help on that defensive line. And he did help. Good showing. And he's a guy, he'll probably be here the rest of the year and be back in training camp next year to try to make the team. Actually, I uh, was quite impressed. Hopefully he can do it again. Todd Davis again. Claimed from Denver earlier in the year. And uh, he's been fine. He's been fine. Eric Wilson also shared the lead in total tackles with his uh, linebacker mate, Todd Davis. They both had to definitely make up for the uh, devastating sudden loss of Eric Hendricks, probably the most valuable player on the Vikings defense this year. And now Jeff Gladney's got an injured calf. Oh, boy. Harrison Hand was just, you know, he's... Some some of these guys were ready to go, but, I mean, you can only dip so far into the draft and put a guy out there as a rookie. Uh, and that's mostly because of guys like Mike Hughes can't stay healthy for their life. And I don't know. <laughs> Mike Hughes, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to get it all together. That's why Chris Jones is on the roster still. Chris Boyd is getting extensive playing time. And Holden Hill was a just, you know, after a good start to his career, his first first season with Minnesota, and parts of his second season before he got in trouble, he's uh, been, uh, I don't know, he's been a huge bust this year, and I guess he's hurt, unless it's just like pretending that he's hurt. <laughs> Who knows? But Harrison Hand, that's kind of dipping dipping far into the NFL draft, hoping for hoping to get lucky. And so far, not so much with Harrison Hand. Yeah, give us a hand, Harrison. Give us a hand. Please, give us a hand, Harrison. Um, yeah, another guy on the secondary, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, and Harrison Hand. Yeah, wrap your head around that one, huh? I don't know, that's kind of trivial, but uh, Chris Boyd, hoofda, that was funny. It was kind of funny what happened, and you know why he has a lot of tackles? is because they were they were testing him. Yeah, They were testing him because they figured they could, they could try to beat him, and that's what the NFL is all about. Cameron Danster, again, very solid pass deflection and interception and some big, big plays even on the run. <clears throat> very good. And Jeff Gladney continues to look more and more like a pro, but now he's got an injured calf, and we'll have to wait and see what happens there. It's uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Uh, again, pregame injury to uh, Kendricks. He aggravated a calf injury. And now uh, Jeff Gladney with a calf injury. So... That's nice. Good thing uh, Todd Davis, Troy Dye, guys like that did a good job. Todd Davis, again, veteran from Denver. Signed for the Vikings in September, I guess that kind of rhymes. Uh, Troy Dye, very solid backup. Or, you know, rookie, of course. 
and uh, you know <laughs> Wilson Wilson Eric Wilson's been awesome as well uh, very happy to have him man it's just unbelievable though the missed kicks the whole game was just weird very weird uh, oh yeah DJ Wanham was the reason why Brailford was here DJ Wanham uh, you know as nice as Wanham had been as a rookie a freaking rookie that's how valuable DJ Wanham had been considering all the guys we've lost on the defensive line and just in just in a year's time, you go from uh, <laughs> you go from Daniel Hunter to Jordan Brailford in in one year. It's it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. That's almost like a Michael Savage line from I forget some of his lines, but it's like from this to that in one generation, where it's just like uh, uh, yeah, I won't I, I won't say them. Some of them are funny. Some of them are you know too political, probably for this show. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Gladney spent the rest of the game on a stationary bike. So that sounds better than on an operator's table or something like that, or in the x-ray room, something like that. So we'll have to wait and see with Jeff Gladney. Hopefully that's just a sign. It's kind of strained. ST, ST, not SP. Because if it's SP, that's much more serious. Strained is one thing. Sprained is another. Again, just a mess of a game. Injuries. Strange players you'd never heard of. Ricochet touchdowns. Missed extra points on both sides. Terrible interceptions on both sides. Uh, great game by Justin Jefferson. Very strong game by Gladney before he got hurt. Very, very strong game by Cameron Dancer. So there's encouraging points here and there. But you barely beat a 1-11 team. Regardless if it's at home or away. Or there's no fans. Or there's fans. Or there's no fans. Or there's COVID. And there's no COVID. And he's healthy. And he's sick. And he's injured. And he's healthy. And he's sick. And he's, you know, you get the idea. Jalen Holmes was banged up also. Ah, but it's just, I can't take anymore. Um, it's a fumble. It's not a fumble. It's it's a, it's down by contact. It's down by the ground. It's, it's just, I don't know, man. What a weird freaking game. What a weird game. <laughs> How do you sum it up? It was ugly. It was nasty. It was stupid. But we kind of won. And uh, luckily, not a single player on the Minnesota Vikings celebrated after the win. Not a single one. They Well, there was just a little... They just bumped their helmets. Like, okay, yep, I made the kick. That was kind of Dan Bailey. He's like, yep, okay. And just listen to this inspirational speech by Mike Zimmer. I dug this up off of, off of YouTube, so uh, please uh, forgive the gorilla uh, audiology, if that makes sense. Okay. Month. But I'm just telling you, we're not going to be able to do that. Now, we're playing for the last month of the year for something special. We worked our <laughs> off to get the 500, which I've talked about all week, right? And now we got a chance to go do something special. Yeah, because special. now we can get into the playoffs and move from there. But we got to go one week at a time special. and go, and we have to, have to get better. We have to we get have better. To get better. Okay? Everybody agrees. Better. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> Wow. Uh, did you sense a whole lot of enthusiasm? One Vikes on three. Vikes. Vikes. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I don't know. I, I, you know, sometimes it's the whole room's, yeah! it was a great play. Like, uh, you like that, you know? They didn't seem nearly as enthusiastic about that one, did they? Yeah, we just almost lost to a 1-11 team. In fact, we probably should have lost, but that team was just so awful that, well, they lost their 11th game, that's all. They just lost their 11th game because they're so awful. 
and we're, we played pretty much about as bad as they did. Like, we look like the Minnesota Jaguars, and they look like the Jacksonville Vikings. I mean, I don't know who, what's the difference other than the uniform colors. Okay, maybe it's not quite, yeah, I don't know. There's more talent on the Vikings roster. I mean, top heavy, you got Dalvin Cook, you got Justin Jefferson, then you might be able to say Kirk Cousins too. You just might, sometimes, if you'd actually be clutch. Adam Thielen, yeah, okay, Adam Thielen, fine. Uh, of course, no, Kendricks, okay, that was definitely a huge loss. We still got Harry the Hitman, who was about as valuable as it gets, particularly at the end. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think we're going to go that direction. But, uh, yeah, I'm hinting at something else. But, uh, well, the Vikings won, and we're in the playoff hunt, and we're playing against Tampa Bay, and I guess we're in the wild card right now because Arizona lost. Wow, yep, Arizona did lose to the Los Angeles Rams, so the Vikings would be the seventh wild card team at the moment, which is really crazy. After going from one and five, we are in the wild card position. We're not in the hunt. We are the wild card team, and we would play the uh, Green Bay Packers in the first round. Yay. We played the Green Bay Packers in the first round. New York Giants continue to play well. We'll talk about that in segment number two. Green Bay Packers in the first round. But hey, maybe things would go really well in that game if we play the same way in the postseason as we did in that uh, game in Green Bay this year. But somehow I don't, I'm not super confident it would go as positively. Oh, I think we know who's going to win the NFC East now. I think it's becoming obvious, which is kind of funny considering how pathetic that team has been until the last couple of weeks. With that said, the Fran Tarkington Award, this is longer than I expected, but uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because this was a weird game, and I probably left out about 19 other things. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you really want to talk for two hours about a game versus the bleeping Jaguars? That was awful. Do you really want to go on that long? Fran Tarkington Award for this show is going to go to Harrison Smith, and I, I guess he'll share it with Cam Dantzler. It probably should just flat out go to Harrison Smith. Okay, honorable mention, Cam Dantzler. Harrison Smith's going to get it. The only guy who I'd consider offensively is definitely Justin Jefferson. He was spectacular. Uh, once again, it's not his fault if there are some weird plays here and there. Uh, he made plays that he needed to make. He was spectacular, and he is uh, an all-time great already as an NFL rookie. And it's weird because the Vikings have had such an up-and-down, all-over-the-place kind of season. And he's not as spectacular like, oh, my God, 70-yard touchdown, you know, just hurl the ball up in the way he goes like Randy Moss. But he's also way better than some of you out there might get pissed off when I say this, but uh, most of you probably won't. Percy Harvin. As spectacular as everybody thought Percy Harvin was, and he was Rookie of the Year back in 09 and all that, he was just an amazing but Nah, he's not on the same level as Justin Jefferson. I'm sorry. Justin Jefferson's well beyond uh, Percy Harvin, and I'm glad, I'm think, I think, uh, I'm, I'm glad he has the numbers to back that up already. 500-yard games already uh, more than Randy Moss, which is weird. That doesn't sound right, does it? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe it's at this point in the season. It doesn't make sense to me, actually. But he did reach the 1,000-yard mark already, which is just absolutely spectacular. Uh, We're very fortunate. Thank God we got him. Thank God we got him. We didn't bleep it up this time, like when the Vikings had to trade Randy Moss away because he wanted to leave, just like Stefan Diggs wanted to leave. And we got Troy Effing Williamson, who... I don't know if he had 100 yards for the Vikings uh, total. Okay, I'm just kidding. He, Yeah, he had like three or 400 yard seasons here and there. But uh, yeah, he had about 100 drops too. Uh, he just, he couldn't even keep up with Brad Johnson's arm. That's how fast he was because he was so fast. That's so, that was like the number one thing you heard about him in the draft. Brad Johnson overthrew him. 
That's that's all you got to know. Brad Johnson overthrew him. Thirty-eight-year-old Brad Johnson, by the way, if that's if I'm remembering correctly, really old version of him. Thirty-six, thirty-eight, whatever, mid to late thirties, at the very least, and way past his prime. Um, and well, we got Justin Jefferson for Diggs. I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, feeling a lot better about that one compared to the one fifteen years ago where the Vikings shot themselves in the foot with a torpedo. Not with a bullet, but a torpedo. <laughs> it was bad. So, the <laughs> Christian Ponder Memorial now, the 19 minutes later, I'm getting to that one. Oh, boy. I don't know. Is it Chris Boyd? No, it's Dan Bailey. He was awful. Dan Bailey, I, I hope this was just a weird day, and he's going to shake it off, and we're going to go forward, but this was Blair Walsh level. I mean, this was Blair Walsh-esque. I didn't think he would ever have a game like this. The calm, cool, steady kicker of the Vikings, and he looked like he looked like garbage. It was weird to watch, man. It's got to be Bailey, just because. I mean, it could have cost us the game. It, it could have. Uh, you can blame a lot of people in this one, but and you can go to the whole damn team with some of the frustrating moments. But uh, I, I don't know. And Justin Jefferson could have had a ton more yards, but he drew a lot of penalties as well. That's the cool part about what he was able to accomplish. And love the explosion from C.J. Ham on the screenplay to get in the end zone. That was awesome. Vikings win, Vikings win. You could tell I'm not that enthusiastic. <laughs> Tarkington going to Harrison Smith, Dantzler, and even Justin Jefferson. They're all like uh, uh, honorable mentions. Almost should give it to Justin Jefferson because it helped him get things going. But Harrison Smith had some big plays down the stretch as well. Justin Jefferson's value, drawing penalties, and, of course, just making big plays. And the uh, Christian Potter Memorial is going with one guy, and that is Dan Bailey. With that said, we'll take a quick break and look around the league and preview the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Woo, boy. are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, looking around the league, NFC North, and previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yikes. Scary, scary stuff, no doubt about that, but, uh, well, (laughs) burning the mid-right oil, continuing here for at least two segments, and we'll wrap things up (laughs) with the the fan interaction and release the show show Monday morning, of course, which is when you're listening. At least I would hope so, but maybe, uh, maybe later at the end of the day. But uh, that's just how that goes as well. We start off with the Thursday night football game last week. And, of course, Pittsburgh remained undefeated as well during the course of last week. They finally played on Wednesday afternoon, but that one's not showing. That was actually last week's game, technically. Steelers 11-0 and and just continuing to roll. The Jets dropped to 12-0-12. I believe the Steelers are 12-0 and now as well. New Orleans and Atlanta, not the worst not the worst Thursday night game you ever saw. No, oh, this was today. Well, I thought there was a Thursday game, but maybe, no, maybe there wasn't. Something is not right here with how it's set up. Well, let's just keep going. Regardless of when they played, New Orleans, Atlanta, that was today. Didn't seem like it, though. Yeah, I remember it now. New Orleans is now 10-2. and two. They are way up there at the top. 
of the NFC. They are, they will hold the first round by if they keep this up, and they beat a four and eight Atlanta team, which is nothing special, nothing to bla- uh, nothing to brag about. Twenty one to sixteen, not a great game. No Drew Brees or anything. You'd think in the past, Taysom Hill versus Matt Ryan, it's going to be a blowout for Atlanta, an absolute blowout, right? Well, it wasn't. Atlanta didn't muster a whole lot, and Matt Ryan's numbers just continue to be meh. And he's getting paid a lot of money as well. He's the Kirk Cousins of Atlanta, I guess. Of course, that would piss a lot of people off. Taysom Hill was extremely efficient in the game. He did throw for two touchdown passes. At least he threw for more than, like, 39 yards, unlike last week. Uh, pardon the noise. Elden, Elvin Kamara was outstanding once again. Six yards a carry, 88 total yards. Taysom Hill also rushed the ball 14 times for 83 total yards, but he did lose the ball on a fumble. Good for him, I guess. It does help when you have Michael Thomas to throw the ball to, and Traquan Smith doesn't hurt either, and Elvin Kamara doesn't hurt as well at times. Uh, no Latavius Murray dominance like last week, that's for sure. He way dominated everybody with the running game for the New Orleans Saints when it, with an unbelievable game. If you were excited to put him in the fantasy lineup this week as like your third or fourth running back, well, you wound up with 17 yards, and that's it. That is it, folks. Kind of like Brian Hill. He had a, basically the same numbers as Brian Hill of Atlanta. Ito Smith led the team in yards other than, you know, because Todd Gurley's just, I don't know what happened to that guy. He just died, didn't he? Not literally, but figuratively died as an NFL player. Calvin Ridley and Michael Thomas both getting the century mark for their respective teams. Julio Jones, 94 yards. I don't think he's the best receiver in the NFL anymore. I mean, it's like the Michael Thomas is the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Devontae Adams type of guys. The Justin Jefferson types. Yeah, they're, they're out there. Justin Jefferson's a rising star in the league, and it's it's official, 100% official. Will Lutz missed a field goal, but he made all three of his extra points, at least. And uh, Young Ho Koo, Young Ho Koo, with one of the cooler names in the NFL. Sounds like a Shugan Warrior in Japan about 500 years ago or something. Uh, he made everything, so good for him, including a 53-yard field goal for 10 fantasy freaking points. One of those teams you'd probably want to have that guy as your kicker. You know, I haven't played fantasy football in a decade because I just lost interest. It's like I have a I have a show to do, and if I'm just looking at offensive players and ignoring defensive players, I remember when I realized that back then, I was like, wait a minute, I'm only looking at offensive players and completely ignoring defense. I'm not a good radio host, and that's one of the reasons I retired from fantasy football. One of the reasons, also the bullcrap of it all too. Like you have the best team, you're ready to go in the Super Bowl, so to speak, and the coach decides to not give your your running back the ball at the goal line about on three different occasions and you lose the Super Bowl and the other guy's talking all this stuff like he's so much better than you. No, you're not. You got bleeping lucky. <laughs> That's just all there is to say about that. <laughs> you, you know you have the better team. It was like a million times better. <laughs> the whole league knew it. Anyhow, Atlanta did not win the game. New Orleans did. Let's move on. Detroit, Chicago, that much later. Vinrock, Vince Germano. I don't know if Tene Brown also likes the Cleveland Browns. Tene Brown likes the Cleveland Browns. That sounds funny. I don't know if he'd like me joking about that. Uh, but no, I mean, maybe he does. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe just maybe he's going to mock Vince Germano. But we can't mock the Cleveland Browns or Vince Germano anymore. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the Cleveland Browns, you're a legend. He, he's a legend. He's already won as many games as I believe any coach has ever won in a regular season with the Cleveland Browns, unbelievable. Uh, maybe Pat Shermer got 10 wins. I don't remember if he was able to eclipse 10 wins with the Browns. So I know they made the playoffs like once, 
I believe Pat Shermer was the coach back then. They made the playoffs once. Can you believe that? That's insane. Absolutely nuts. Uh, well, Tennessee actually scored 14 points in the fourth quarter and still lost the game. Think about that. Tennessee outscored the Cleveland Browns 28-3 to in the second half and still lost the game. That's how far ahead Tennessee was, or Cleveland was. It's actually kind of sad that they gave up that much of a lead, but they still won the game after that spectacular second quarter of 28 points. That is a 38-7 to lead at half. Don't be like the Buffalo, excuse me, don't be like the Houston Oilers against the Buffalo Bills back in the 92 playoffs now, Cleveland. Be careful. But they still won the game, and that's what matters. Baker Mayfield almost perfect. Didn't get a turnover in the game. Jarvis Landry attempted a, or no, he completed a six-yard play. That's great. 334 yards for Baker, four touchdowns. About as good a game as you'll ever get out of the guy. Looked like a number one pick in the draft in this game. Cleveland, well, they did with Derrick Henry what they needed to do. They kept him to only four yards of carry, which in a lot of times would be decent. But, of course, they weren't going to run the ball a whole lot in a game where they're trailing 38-7, to were they? That's a uh, massive deficit of 31 points. Yeah, isn't that good math? I mean, it just shows you how smart I am. I can add and subtract, you know, sometimes. Sandejo was tested and tested and tested by Tannehill. That's why he always gives up so many, that's why he always gets so many tackles, because people are testing him. It's not because he's a great safety. It's because they know he's not a great safety. Miles Garrett did get a sack, and he didn't try to hit anybody with his helmet. That's good. Yes, I'm going to tease him about that forever, because that was crazy. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> Corey Davis, he was part of the massive Tennessee comeback. 182 yards in the air. 11 of 12 targets were caught. Only one touchdown, though, unfortunately, for the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Tannehill did have one interception, but was also very solid. Almost 400 yards in the game. Played a little captain comeback, but the comeback was not complete. The Cleveland Browns are 9-3 and three and still second place with that great record because Pittsburgh's undefeated. And, uh, well, the old Browns, for the first time ever, the Cleveland Browns are going to finish ahead of the old Browns. They're going to finish ahead of the old Browns, though, yeah, maybe not the first time, but pretty much the first time that I can remember. Maybe that one sucky season back in, like, 2003 when Cleveland made the playoffs and didn't do anything. Uh, who knows? Tennessee's dropped to 8-4 and four after a great start, but they're still very strong and still on their way to a division championship, most likely in the AFC South. Cincinnati-Miami, this got ugly near the end of the game. 19-7 to win for the Miami Dolphins. They're 8-4 in second place in the AFC East. Very happy for them in Hard Rock Stadium. 19-7, to Cincinnati got a little chippy on a, on a kick return late in the game. Attacking and hitting, uh, hitting the kick returner well before the ball even got there. And for some reason, the Cincinnati coach had to be restrained. That's kind of funny. But a bit of a back-and-forth... Uh, like a bit of a back-and-forth situation in that one. Cincinnati actually led this game 7 to nothing, but then uh, that was it pretty much for Cincinnati. 19 consecutive points for Tua, for Mr. Tua, Tua Tag, Tua Tag. <laughs> and he threw for 300 yards, but only one touchdown. Very solid game, though. And Cincinnati, with their quarterback being out for the season with an ACL-MCL type of situation again, another one of those deals for Cincinnati. Heartbreaking for Cincinnati. Seriously, uh, no joking, no joking in this one. It's it's sad, really sad what's happened there. Uh, Carson Palmer had the ACL, Kajana Carter. I mean, you could just go on forever. Uh, it's it's sad. It's freaking sad. I, I I feel bad for the Cincinnati Bengals 
and their fan base is they have these number one picks that are so valuable and so well thought of and highly touted and all that and then they get an ACL and we'll see what happens hopefully uh, Joe Burrow recovers soon Miles Gaskin leading Miami with 90 yards total rushing and Tyler Boyd with a 72 yard touchdown and that was it for uh, the highlights of Cincinnati's game that was it that was it Miami 8-4 and four, but still in second place because Buffalo is even better Las Vegas Raiders, they did. They pulled the Minnesota Vikings today. They played to the level of their opponent as well. And they've been dropping and dropping and dropping. They have a winning record, though. 7-5, and five, they're one game ahead of the Vikings, so to speak. <laughs> oh, my Vegas boy. Mm. They're not that good, are they? It's too bad. You know, you want to think they're good, and they're not. The Jets are absolutely not good. Get your... Uh, Get your uh, tank for Trevor jerseys going here. Get your get your Trevor Lawrence jerseys going in New, New York. Well, they're gonna get they're, they're gonna get. Uh, I don't know. Sam Darnold's not gonna be the long term solution of this 0 and 12 team. Absolutely not. Uh, just like John Kidna wasn't the 0 and 12 solution for the uh, Detroit Lions. Of course, Kidna wasn't a high high pick in the draft where Darnold was. It's sad, but it's not working out. Vegas seven and five, beating the worst team in the league. By a lousy three points. Way to go, guys. Way to go. Darren Walker, though, did have 200 yards receiving with two touchdowns. Anybody uh, lucky enough to have him on your fantasy roster? Darren Waller, pardon me. Who could forget about Orson Pig's favorite guy, Darren Waller. Orson Pig loved his Waller in the U.S. Acres uh, Garfield and Friends cartoon. Uh, Sam Darnold actually had more touchdowns than interceptions. That's good. That's good. That's why, one of the reasons why they were in the game. You know, they have all these talented players on the Jets. I don't understand. And that they just suck so much, you know what. They suck so much everything. They just suck. So many talented players. You know, nice to see Ty Johnson do as well as he did. Josh Adams also ran for 74 yards. Johnson had 104. Jamison Crowder's a valuable guy. Denzel Mims is extremely talented. And they just, I don't know, they're 0-12. Yikes. Frank Gore, I mean, wow, what a way to end a career if that's the way it's going to head. With a, with a team that might not even win a game this year. They might be the second 0-16 team in NFL history. Indianapolis and Houston with opposite records now after today's game. 26-20. Colts beat the Texans and they are 8-4. Houston is 4-8. 26-20 basically at the end of the day. And both quarterbacks are healthy and not injured. Deshaun Watson could not even throw a touchdown pass but he had a bajillion yards. 341 Phil Rivers, more efficient, did not turn the ball over, which is extremely key. I mean, once Rivers starts turning the ball over, the Colts are going to lose. That's why the Colts will probably lose in the first round of the playoffs. They'll have this nice, solid record, but then things just won't work out, and the Colts will lose. But at least they'll make the playoffs again. Yay. Uh, no Super Bowl aspirations for the Colts, I don't think, with Phillip Rivers, but I guess you can always dream. I'm <laughs> just going to keep moving. Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams. This game a bit more significant. The Rams are now cemented as a first place team in the NFC West and then one of the upcoming games will tell you why of course because uh, Seattle's not winning a whole lot of games lately and uh, I'm not crying one tear. 38 to 28 Goff solid and Kyler Murray just another turnover that kind of cost him in, in the big moments. Goff had a much better game at least yardage wise. Murray did throw for a lot of touchdowns but the efficiency wasn't there because of the turnover and some of the inaccurate moments unfortunately, for their friend uh, Kyler Murray. 
So that's just how that goes. Robert Woods to 85 yards receiving. Cooper Cup, the great tight end, at 73 yards. Very much spreading the ball around where the Rams, where the, uh, I don't know, Arizona's just getting sloppy now. It's, it's too bad. They were so good. What, what, what were they, 6-3 and three not that long ago? Now they're 6-6, six and six and the Vikings are ahead of them now. They're sloppy. Arizona's just freaking sloppy lately. I don't know. They're just not good in the big moments, and it looks like the Rams are kind of back. They're kind of back. They're not as exciting as they were about three years ago, the year they didn't go to the Super Bowl. They were really good that year. And then the next year, they do go to the Super Bowl. And I don't know. They had a good record and everything. But they weren't that... I I, I don't know. They were more exciting in 2018, I thought. Uh, well, they did go to the Super Bowl that year anyway. What am I saying? <laughs> 2017, they had some big moments. 18, they were uh, awesome. A lot of people were actually hoping for Rams and Chiefs for that very reason. The Rams squeezed past the... Uh, it's just the way the Rams finished that season. That's why a lot of people thought they weren't nearly as exciting as they were earlier that year. Uh, it's funny how I'm messing that one up. The Rams were amazing earlier in 18. And then uh, later on that year, they just weren't. And Patriots shut them down royally. But they beat the Cardinals today. They just played efficient football. They scored 38 points, even though it didn't really feel like it. But they spread the ball around and got the job done against Arizona, who just looking less and less ready for the big time, unfortunately for them. Giants defeat the Seattle Sea Chickens in CenturyLink Field. That's right. That's right. The New York Giants. Don't look now. They're a first-place team. First-place operation. First-place operation with a 5-7 and seven record. They might end up with a winning record this year. You never know. Maybe they'll be 7. Maybe they'll be 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. But uh, we'll see what happens. I can't believe what I'm looking at here. This, is, this can't be real, right? Tell me this isn't real. Colt frickin' McCoy. Colt McCoy. Barely handed the ball off a few times and got lucky, I guess. Because Seattle's run defense is awful. Delvin Cook could have ran all over this team and we just didn't get the job done. But Wayne Galman Jr. ran all over the Seattle Seahawks. He didn't ever get in the end zone once, but he ran for 135 yards and only 16 rushes. Alfred Morris added another 39. Colt frickin' McCoy. Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy? I can't believe what I'm looking at. Colt friggin' McCoy. He's still alive. He's still alive. Russell Wilson just wasn't good against the New York Giants. And, well, he just wasn't. A very average game. A very human, down-to-earth game for Russell Wilson. Seahawks dropped to 8-4. and four. Rams are in first place because they beat Seattle earlier in the year. And the Giants are in first place as well. Very impressive win for the Giants on the road with Colt McCoy, quarterback. That's, that's just the darndest thing. Green Bay, Philadelphia, we'll get back to that in a second. You can kind of guess how that one went. Big shocker. That's why the Giants are going to win that division outright. So Redskins, Philadelphia, and uh, Dallas, they're not going to beat the Giants. The Giants are going to win the division. Isn't that the funniest thing you ever heard? I bet nobody expected that. What the hell's up with the Patriots? They're all over the place, aren't they? And the Chargers are awful now. They're one of the worst teams in the league, and they have a nice quarterback of the future, but they're not winning crap this year. 3-9 and nine now. The Patriots are 6-6, six and six, just like the Vikings. 45 to nothing. 45 to nothing. And Cam Newton threw for 69 yards. That's right, Cam Newton threw for 69 yards. He ran for two touchdowns. We're happy for him. Somehow he managed a touchdown, and so did Jared Stidham. He threw for a touchdown, 
and basically a perfect quarterback rating, 61 yards and a touchdown. It wasn't quite perfect, 149.3. It's like one, yeah, well, it's usually 159.3 for the perfect rating. I don't know. Uh, this is a weird game. I mean, 45 points with Cam Newton throwing for 65, 69 yards in the game. <laughs> well, it's like, let's just run the ball and say hell with it. And that's kind of a lot of what happened. And the Chargers, Chargers couldn't tackle their mom. I mean, you look at what's happening in front of you. They couldn't tackle their mom in this game. And that's what happens. And then <laughs> the Patriots had some good defense and forced Justin Herbert into mistakes and Herbert into mistakes, and that's just all there's to say. 45 to 0. What the hell? What the hell is that? That's kind of funny. 45 to nothing. Chiefs over Denver, 22 to 16. Woohoo. I mean, whatever. It's a Denver team that's God knows who they are, and the Chiefs are probably the best team in the league. They're 11 and 1, even though not, they don't have a perfect record like Pittsburgh. This is kind of a boring game. But, uh, yeah, and of course, the Chiefs won. Travis Kelsey, massive, massive day. 136 total yards with a touchdown. And helped the Chiefs win another one. Woohoo. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. And that's when the Chiefs forgot their first lead of the, not of the game, but uh, first lead, or they took the lead at the end of the third quarter and never relinquished it. Because Denver's offense couldn't do jack squat against uh, Kansas City's uh, you know, bend but don't break defense. It is definitely bend but don't break. They got the job done and kept Denver kind of at bay and Denver's not making any playoffs and no one cares about them and the Chiefs are probably going back to back unless Pittsburgh somehow is really a legitimate undefeated team. Like, they're really that good. The Chiefs look weird, though, with these all-red uniforms. I'm not a huge fan of that. It looks weird. I, I don't know. I think Arizona looks better with that. I like the Chiefs with their white and yellow, uh, white yellow striped pants with a little red, you know, the red and yellow stripes on the, yeah. I, I, this is weird looking. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I don't know. Well, they won against a crappy team. And, uh, well, and, and uh, one of their arch rivals. Because that whole division is, like, uh, fascinating. I've always had fun with that one. Washington versus Pittsburgh Chiefs will go, or excuse me, the Steelers will go twelve and zero. Yeah, yeah, that that's what's happening there. It's because of the odd uh, the odd schedule last week. They moved Pittsburgh to Monday because that would be more humane. At least give them five days off for crying out loud. The Steelers are probably going to go twelve and zero, beating the Washington football team. But I guess that's one of those weird trap games when you end up losing it, and then off you go into frustration land. Buffalo Bills versus San Francisco. That should be fun. The 49ers are a joke, though. Unfortunately, this year. Buffalo could very well be 9-3. and three. And then you just keep moving. There's another one. Tuesday night, Baltimore again. Well, they were Wednesday last week. They're on Tuesday. Probably again for the whole humane thing. You don't want to overdo it. You know, those actually, those red short, those red pants aren't that bad. They just look weird from a distance. That's the thing. The red pants aren't that bad, generally speaking. I don't know why I even said that. Just from a distance, it looks like crap. Uh, Dallas, Baltimore. Baltimore, Dallas. Yucky. Baltimore, end your losing streak, please. Just please end your losing streak. Don't lose to Dallas, okay, Baltimore? Don't be like us and lose to Dallas. End your losing streak. You don't want to be. Uh, you don't want to be like us, okay? That's all I got to say about that. Let's keep moving. Babble, babble, babble. Let's end that. Detroit, Chicago. Oof, da. Woo, ye. Chicago can't even beat Detroit now. Remember how tough it was for the Vikings to beat Chicago in Soldier Field? Wow. And you think Detroit would have a hard time there once in a while? Well. <laughs> 
Well, Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback again. He actually wasn't the reason why they lost, though. He didn't turn the ball over. He had a pretty efficient quarterback rating and everything. But they managed 30 points in the game. They just got they just got torched by Detroit for some reason. Matthew Stratford threw for 400 yards. Really, it's crazy. Well, it's it's a it's a sugar high, and Daryl Bevel's the coach now. You get Daryl Bevel, the coach of the Detroit Lions, and you're going to have an offensive juggernaut type of game with constipated Patricia out of the way. A defensive coach who isn't good at coaching defense. I mean, it's that simple. Defensive head coach who's not even good at it. That makes perfect sense. Well, an offensive coordinator who's been pretty successful, except for one of the stupidest, idiot play calls in NFL history, unless it was Pete Carroll's idea by uh, throwing. But uh, Malcolm Butler and the Patriots, thank you again very much. And I'm happy to. F Seattle. I didn't want them to win that game. Bevel did get a ring the year before, and they torched everybody. Uh, we know. F Seattle, man. I was happy the Patriots beat them. Ugh. One of the teams that carried themselves about as classy as the 90s Cowboys. Yeah, boy, I'm a big fan of them, too. Hall of Fame watch, Adrian Peterson, 57 yards on the ground and two. That's right, two touchdowns for Adrian Peterson in a game. The Detroit Lions managed to beat the Bears. They beat the Bears 34-30. to and a pretty fun game, actually, to be quite honest. Congratulations, Daryl Bevel. And you know this is one of those sugar highs. Like, thank God that stupid Patricia's gone. Uh, maybe Daryl Bevel will get to be the head coach of the uh, Detroit Lions. Maybe. Maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. Uh, Detroit should be coached by an offensive coach. I think so. Uh, Jim Caldwell did a good job. And you have all these talented players on the offense. At least, well, you thought you did. I mean, you used number one pick in the draft back in 2008 already on Matthew Stafford. Now he's going to be too old and retire soon before you know it. I don't know. Uh, they were okay for a little while with uh, Jim Schwartz. They were okay, but it didn't last forever. I mean, they they were a tough defensive team, let's be fair, with Jim Schwartz, but they stayed good even with Caldwell. Uh, they had a great offense and the defense was still good. And then Patricia comes in, and it's like they're the laughing stock of the league, pretty much. Like, they didn't know how to play, basically. They just find a way to lose games to the Detroit Lions. They were down by 10 in the game, but made a comeback. It made things quite interesting. They were down by 10 multiple occasions, 16-6 to and 23-13. to They were down 9 nothing. Detroit, again, nice, gutsy effort. And Adrian Peterson with the game-winning touchdown. How about that? With a minute 37. Five yards up up the middle there. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see Adrian Peterson get the done. Detroit is now 5-7. and seven. That's actually not even that bad. That's funny. But this was after finally firing Mr. Matt Patricia after getting uh, destroyed by the Texans on Thanksgiving Day. So Detroit fans were thankful that Matt Patricia and Quinn were no longer coach and general manager of the Detroit Lions. Congratulations, Detroit. As just maybe, just maybe, they might be dangerous again someday. Chicago drops to finance five and seven, pardon me. And boy, oh boy, I guess they're still considered third for some reason, even though after they lost to Detroit. But uh, maybe they beat Detroit earlier in the year. That's the only way they could be uh, still t- still ahead of the Detroit Lions. Packers all over Philadelphia, thirty to sixteen, and uh, maybe Carson Wentz is uh, already going to be a thing of the past. Jalen Hurts takes over, and he was adequate. 109 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Carson Wentz was just awful. Nothing really to say there. Rodgers was, you know, outstanding again. About 300 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. 130 quarterback rating. 
Aaron Jones ran all over the Eagles like it was nothing. 130 yards. Average 9 yards a carry with the biggest of the 77-yard scamper. Devontae Adams, absolutely crazy good. 121 yards. Two touchdowns. If the Packers could be consistent, they could go to the Super Bowl. But their defense is just all over the place. They have, you know, Zadarius Smith had a, had a sack and a half. If he can get loose and be a factor, they could go to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to make it. Unfortunately for them. I don't think Viking fans are going to be crying one ounce if the Packers will blow it and lose in the first round to Minnesota or something. Because that's who we would be playing right now. If I'm looking at it correctly, it'd be two versus seven, and that means Minnesota versus the Packers at Lambeau Field in uh, on Wild Card Weekend. Would be fun to watch, but odds are the Packers would probably be all over us in that one, unless we can get our heads out of our ass. We play anything like we did today. Packers have been like 41 to 13 or something, <laughs> with like cousins of three interceptions in the game. Packers rolling, and they are going to win the division in their sleep right now. They're not. Vikings are going to catch the Packers. That'd be funny. It'd be funny if we did. It'd be amazing, but it's not going to happen. Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not play this week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not play this week, but they played last week. How exciting. It's another nooner, and it will be on Fox, so not uh, CBS this time. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are only one game ahead of the Vikings at 7-5, and five, but don't forget, Tom Brady is undefeated versus the Minnesota Vikings. So let's just uh, put that into perspective for a minute here. So far, Tom Brady is 5-0. and And remember last time, was it back in 2018 when the uh, New England Patriots were just starting to get things rolling in the right direction again. This is, after D- this is when DiFilippo got fired, if I remember correctly. Yes, he did. He got fired after this game. Uh, it was a Sunday second half type of game. It was second half of a Sunday afternoon type of game. Vikings, uh, yeah, gave up Tom Brady's 1,000th career yard rushing. Good for him. <laughs> they were joking about run, Tommy, run. It's amazing, though, when you look at Tom Brady's career uh, numbers against certain teams. Chiefs, he's only 5-5, five and five, but he's beaten them both times in the playoffs. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Never played against the Patriots, of course. But some of the numbers are just insane. Undefeated, only 5-0 and o versus us, because we don't play them very often. Colts, he was 11-3, and three, and I remember he lost the... AFC title game in 06. That's why they were 4-1. and one. Otherwise, they embarrassed uh, Peyton Manning on multiple occasions. The one that's the most amazing, though, even though he's not undefeated, divisional record, good or bad, however good or bad they were, Buffalo Bills, 32-3. and three. That is freaking crazy. 32-3 and three versus the Buffalo Bills. Doesn't that just blow your mind? 32-3. and three. This is the NFL. This isn't the NBA or something. 32-3 and three versus... The Buffalo Bills. That just tells you a thing or two about Tom Brady. The Dolphins have struggled against 12 losses, 23 and 12. A lot of key losses to the Dolphins who never had to play them in the playoffs. I know Baltimore was a little bit of a headache at times. It's crazy to think. He only played the 49ers three times in his whole career. That's kind of weird. Yeah, for some reason, they didn't... Okay, maybe the year they played that division was the year he was injured. Like, one of the years they played that division was, was that year. Could be. Could be. Only three times against the, yeah, because the 49ers, Seahawks. That must have been the year Brady had the ACL in 08. And he only played one game that year. And Matt Castle got a $60 million contract out of it. Yeah, only played the Cardinals twice. Wow, that's weird. That's weird. That's absolutely weird. Only twice. Yeah, but it's got to be what it is. It must have been the year, one of the years they played the uh, 
NFC West. Have to talk about Tom Brady a little bit, of course. I know you're like, screw you. We don't want to talk about Brady. Yeah, well, I'll talk about him a little bit, okay? Once in a while, if that's humanly possible. But, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> it kind of is what it is. You know, we're, we've never beaten him. Let's look at the Bucks historically. It's It's been a long history. Buccaneers started in the mid-70s. Minnesota Vikings, 33, 22, and 0 against the Bucks. We were in the same division for an extended period back in the NFC Central days. Vikings opened up with a 9-3 win over the Bucks in 1977. I believe, uh, yeah, old what's-his-name, Fran Tarkington. I don't remember if he was healthy or not for this one. There's no Bucks score, so forget it. 78, Tarkington did play that year and we lost. 16-10, 1978. Yeah, we were definitely in the same division because it was home, away, home, and away, home, and away. We were in the same division forever um, back in the 70s. Back in the good old days. Vikings won 24-7 in 1978 after uh, losing earlier in the year. We actually, so both of the road teams won that year. Vikings had some good stretches. We'd lose here and there. He lost in 79 when I was about three months old. Uh, three months old, basically to the day, October 28th. You just need one more day, and then I was a three-month-old. Vikings win by one point, so thank you for my three-month birthday present there, I guess. <laughs> Vikings beat the pay, uh, Patriots, yeah. Can't imagine why I'm thinking about the Patriots right now, right? Can't imagine. Well, the Vikings ended up winning six out of seven in that little stretch there. Nothing too crazy or too exciting, because I don't think either team was all that spectacular back then in the early 80s. <laughs> Great, great era, though, for a lot of things. We lost to the Bucks in 83, 17-12, and then 84. Of course, one of our 13 losses to a not-too-good-Tampa Bay team, I'm sure. 35-31 to Oof. on October the 7th of that year. And we actually beat the Bucks. One of our three wins, November the 4th. Good job, Les Steckel, getting one of your wins against the Bucks. A couple of close games that year, though. Bud Grant and Co. swept the Bucks. Good for him in 85. Good for you, Bud Grant. One final hurrah. Five wins in a row for the Vikings, including a 45-13 to demolition. And a very talented 1986 Vikings team that a lot of people thought could have been Super Bowl-bound if Tommy Kramer didn't get injured. But isn't that just Minnesota history? Isn't that just the history of Minnesota sports? Vikings ended up winning 10 out of 11 games from November 4, 1984 until... November 12th, 1989, 11, or yeah, 10 and 11, 10 and 1 during that stretch. Then you lost in 1990. So you start off the 90s about the same way as I felt about the 90s compared to the 80s. You lose by, you lose in overtime, and then you lose again. He gets swept in 1990. Frustrating Viking team. The Vikings did not start off the 90s very well, did they? And then things got a little more interesting for a little while. 5-0 and stretch for Minnesota, the early Denny Green years. Of course, uh, Burnsy would sweep the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks in 91. Good for him on his way out. Unfortunately for Burnsy, five wins in a row again for the Vikings versus the Bucks. That's the third time the Vikings had a five-game win streak. 92, a couple of huge, exciting wins for Minnesota back in 92. The one in the Metrodome was fun. It was like the third uh, game of the season. I believe the Vikings started out the year 3-0. and Very exciting win. And the Bucks had started out the year two and all, if I remember correctly. There was a Bucks were pretty decent for a little while, and that kind of started the Bucks on a downward spiral. 
35 to 7 demolition of the Bucks on November the 8th. I still remember that very well. The fans were taunting that team a bit. We kind of stopped scoring. I think it was 28 to nothing. And the fans were kind of mocking that club. Sarcastic applause. Like making fun like, yay! It was kind of funny. I've never seen that before where it was literally sarcastic applause. Vikings end up sweeping the Bucks in 93 also. Dennis Green started off his career 4-0 versus the Bucks, And then... Um, did was he four and zero? No, he was he was three and zero versus the Bucks. Ninety three. I forgot about that one. That one was pretty crappy. Yeah, man. Eleven uh, November twenty first, nineteen ninety three. I remember that being a very devastating loss. Uh, Ninety four Vikings were all over the Bucks again. Another butt kicking game, and then there was the Eric Gulliford game in ninety four. I remember being just absolutely irate. The Vikings had the Bucks beat. They had the Bucks beat. They had the Bucks beat, and then they just choked it away. Or was Eric Gulliford one ninety five? It was both games. Nope, this was a home game. Eric Gulliford fumbles the kickoff uh, late in the game, and the Vikings had a shot. We ended up fumbling. Yeah, it was in, going into overtime, and the Bucks kicked the field goal and won the game. That's basically what happened, if I remember correctly. Eric Gulliford was the uh, the kick returner back in those days. If I remember correctly, uh, that had to be the play. Of course, unfortunately, they don't have play-by-play -play in these old box scores. Yep, Craig Erickson, man. Remember him as the quarterback? That was before uh, Trent Dilfer, apparently. God. I think, yeah, Dilfer was already there. He just wasn't in the game for some reason. Craig Erickson, God. Uh, yep, they don't really... Uh, where's there? Yep, Eric Gulliford. They don't show the fumble. But there he was. It was a punt, I guess. We must have forced him to punt. And he uh, he, he fumbled the ball. The Vikings end up losing. Great stuff. Yeah, remember Brad Culpepper, the red-headed defensive tackle on the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, that's the old days, man. Old days. A couple of devastating overtime losses. Yep, there was the game against Tampa with Tony Dungy as the coach for the first time. Tony Dungy, coach of the Bucks. Vikings had multiple opportunities to win that game. Uh, Mr. Oh, what was it? Uh, Orlando Thomas had an interception and he fumbled it right back to the Bucks. It's just devastating loss in Tampa Bay. I still remember cursing my head off. It was about this time, 94-95, these two overtime losses is when I started developing an unbelievable hatred for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They always found a way to bleep up our season. I almost dropped an F-bomb on the show. But they always found a way to F up a promising season for the Vikings. Always found a way. Always, always, always. Uh, the Eric Gulliford play is when I started hating, absolutely hating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the old days. Man, did I hate the Bucks. Do I still hate the Bucks? 1998. What, what more can I say about that one? I mean, the whole game it was kind of a back and forth. In Tampa, and that freaking pirate ship, and we're happy for him. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, you scored a touchdown and fire the cannons. We're happy for you. Oh, this is like actually this year is the first year I've liked the Bucks since I don't know. I don't think I ever really did much, but uh, yeah, because Tom Brady's the quarterback of the Bucks. The only time I actually was really cheering for the Buccaneers, maybe off and on for the hell of it back in the day. Warwick Dunn's a nice running back and everything. Love him, but uh, it was fun when we kicked their butts in the season opener. Brad Johnson, Randy Moss, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, opening to that. And cocky-ass Keyshawn Johnson getting their asses handed to them 
with Randy Moss, quarterback, or Randy Moss is the, 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 Keyshawn Johnson wasn't there yet. What am I talking about? He wasn't there until 2000, and that's when we beat them pretty good. That was kind of fun, but uh, we'll leave that alone. That was a promising Bucks team, actually. When every, every year they thought the Bucks were going to the Super Bowl, they finally did it with John Gruden years later. Poor Tony Dungy, God. But no, I mean, we just were all over that Bucks team. Brad Johnson to, to uh, Randy Moss. It was so much fun. Career opener for him. September the 6th, 31-7. Very, very memorable day. And then Johnson, I believe, this is, yeah, Johnson was uh, injured versus the St. Louis Rams the next week. He had a broken ankle. The Vikings uh, almost blew that one, but and, and Cunningham wasn't so sharp until the next couple of games. Then he just took off, and the 98 season was mar- uh, magical. Uh, November the 1st, though, the Vikings were undefeated in Tampa Bay, and they just found a way to lose it. They just unfortunately found a way to lose it. They blew it in the fourth quarter. They tried so hard to get the ball back, but they couldn't stop Mike Bleepin' Allstott, and that ended up costing the Vikings down the stretch. Just couldn't bring the son of a gun down, and the Bucks were able to burn the clock and win the game, and they were only 4-4. Four and four. And the Vikings went from 7-0 and to 7-1, and one. and, uh, well, that was their only loss in the regular season uh, whatsoever. And Cunningham had an interception in that game as well. <laughs> God, Trent Dilver. Completed 50% of his passes in the game. 50% of his passes. And Robert Smith couldn't really get a whole lot of anything going. Mike Allstott was just unfrickin' stoppable in that game. And so was work done. Bucks, man, they ran for 100 and... No, what am I talking about? 243 yards in that game. Allstott and done. And three more yards for Dilfer and Anthony. Combine those two guys for an extra three yards. But 243 yards for Allstott and done. Couldn't stop the run in that freaking game. Couldn't stop the run. Dunn killed us and freaking Allstott just couldn't bring the son of a gun down and just needed the damn ball back and another chance and here we go. Bombs away and it just didn't happen. It just wasn't meant to be that day. Jake Reed led the Vikings in receiving yards and Randy Moss only was able to get two catches in the game. I remember him throwing his helmet as hard as throwing his helmet against the bench. It was his first ever loss ever as an NFL player starting 7-0 and but heartbreaking. Yep, lots of history against this team. Lots of history. Lots of history. Eventually, the division was broken up and changed to the North Division. Tampa Bay was moved to the NFC South. Vikings ended up blowing both games. Dungy and Gruden. No, this is, I believe, when uh, I believe, no, Gruden didn't take over until 2002, and then they won the Super Bowl right away, beating Gruden's former team. 0-1, Tony Dungy's last game against the Vikings as the Bucks coach, 41-14, to just whooped and destroyed the Vikings because the 0-1 Vikings were awful. The 2000 Vikings were pretty good, and it was a lot of fun, but we did get crushed by Tampa Bay that year. Oof, that was one of our big, big-time losses, 41-13. to I don't remember that one really well. I remember this, uh, the earlier one being a lot of fun, Keyshawn Johnson. We beat them 30-23. to Everybody thought, oh, Johnson to Johnson. Yeah, whatever, screw your team. Bucks did end up winning the Super Bowl that year, though, in 2 with Johnny G as the coach. Vikings lost to the Bucks six times in a row, and seven out of eight, and wow. Wow, wow, wow. And then uh, there was quite a stretch there. A couple of, yeah, then it got to be about three years between games. 05 Vikings couldn't beat the Bucks either. That was early in that 05 season when things just were not good. Cal Weber was turning the ball over like crazy. Might have been the season opener, actually. Terrible game at home versus the Bucks. Frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. 
So again, six losses in a row. 08, we couldn't beat the Bucks in 08 either. I can't remember who the heck their quarterback was in 08. Who the heck was the Bucks quarterback that year? I don't even remember. Yeah, Brian Longwell was our kicker and blah, blah, blah. And that was uh, Jeff Garcia. That's right. Jeff Garcia was the quarterback for a couple of minutes. Gus Sherratt was, was okay. You know, he's okay. He's okay. But we lost to the Bucks. Whatever. <laughs> Crappy loss there, 19-13. to 13. Tampa Bucks beat the Vikings in 11 as well. Terrible season. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that one. Stupid-ass. Uh, uh, and they weren't even a good team that year. But, uh, yep, and then there was uh, Josh Freeman just torched the Vikings in the Dome in 2012. Just absolutely torched us, 36-17. to 17. That was Josh Freeman just all over the Vikings. Absolute embarrassment. I remember everybody was excited, like, here come the Vikings now. We're going to be good. Freeman just crushed us. 14 and, and 17. The Vikings have now a two-game win streak against the Bucks. 19 to 13 in 14 in 2014, and then uh, 34 to 17 in 2017 uh, with uh, Case Keenum rolling and getting the Vikings in a better place. There, pretty exciting win that year. So now we play the Tampa Bay Bucks again with Tom Brady. I kind of went on a little long there with history, but there was so much history with this team. And a lot of pinned-up hatred and frustration as well. Man, it's a lot of fun to talk about, but I apologize if I drug that out, but that's kind of how it goes. 33-22. <laughs> and 22. Hard to believe the Vikings actually have a winning record versus this team, and actually we're 11 games above 500 versus them, considering how pretty crappy the history has been with this team the last 20 years. I mean, it's been bad. Let's see, what, I mean, what do we have? Seven losses and three wins. Three wins, seven losses. That's good for 30%. We're 300, basically, in the sports world. That dot, 300. So it feels weird. It feels weird. It feels like Tampa Bay's pretty much dominated us for about 20 years, including our only loss in 98, which was the most frustrating game ever, to be quite honest. We were 500 versus the Bucks from 98 on, basically, and then they had that six-game losing streak. Uh, yeah, and you don't play them as often because we broke up the division in uh, 2000, 2003 we broke up the division yep, man, it's been that long already the NFC North, it's been that long 17 years ago, wow we broke up the division that long ago fascinating stuff, crazy um, but it's like back in the 90s and the, and the 80s, Vikings had an incredible record versus this team in the 70s, it was mostly the Vikings winning, but there were a couple losses here and there. Uh, but you look at the current team, Tampa Bay, I mean, obviously Tom Brady's had a, you know, generally speaking, he's had a great season. Sometimes he looks like garbage, but again, 28 touchdowns is still 28 touchdowns. I mean, that's not bad. 3,300 3, yards, exactly. That's kind of cool. Averaging 275 yards a game, exactly. Quarterback rating of 95. Again, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And it's like you scroll up and down his career, and it just goes on and on and on, like war and peace. That's how long he's been in the league, and how incredible Tom Brady has been. Uh, there's more to the more to the Bucks than Tom Brady, but it's I don't know. It's cool to be able to talk about him again. I guess as annoying as it might be for some of you, Ronald Jones can be a dangerous running back at times, 820 yards. But Cook is looked on as the better guy, obviously, because he's spectacular. Uh, 11, 1130 yards so far uh, for Delvin Cook, 13 touchdowns, Justin Jefferson. So this is actually before today's game. So actually, Delvin Cook is probably about 1250-ish 
on the year. And J.J., Justin Jefferson, is about 140 yards, or excuse me, 1,040 yards and seven touchdowns so far for him, Mike Evans. So Mike Evans is 6'13". So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers numbers are all exact. Uh, Kirk Cousins eclipsed the 3,000-yard mark, but he's still a few yards behind Mr. Uh, Brady. 12 touchdown, twelve interceptions and 26 touchdowns now for Cousins. So when you add it all together, Brady's still ahead. And, of course, the you know Cook and Jefferson are way, way, way ahead. The problem with Tampa Bay that's been damning them this year is that, you know, Brady, he has enough of an arm, obviously. he's you got to have somewhat of an arm to be as great as he's been. But he is 43, and I'm not sure what the heck is going on because the, the Patriots' offense was a bit more West Coasty. It was very much more West Coasty. We spread the ball around this and that, and you don't necessarily look for bombs on every other play. Where Tampa Bay, it seems like Bruce Arians looking for Brady to throw the hurl the ball down the field every other play, and I don't think that's a good strategy. I mean, Brady's got nice numbers considering that, but obviously you get more interceptions, the ball gets underthrown, or a guy runs the wrong route or something, and Brady's going to let him know that like nine out of ten times it's the other guy's fault, or no, excuse me, ten out of ten times is the receiver's fault, right? It just is, right? You know how that works. When you have a, a legendary quarterback, it's always going to be that way. They're always going to blame the receiver one way or another. Uh, Tampa Bay's run defense is number one in the league. Number one in the league. Both the Vikings and the Bucks suck against the pass. Vikings are 25th. At least, well, we, I, I think we still are. 24th from Tampa. So we both kind of suck, both kind of suck up a gob with that. Vikings offense passing is kind of okay. Bucks are higher, but of course they throw the ball more in Tampa. I can't imagine why. Rushing yards, Vikings are sixth in the league, again, leading into today's game anyway. And eighth in total yards. Vikings offense is a bit ahead of Tampa's, but Tampa has the number one run defense in the league. Seventh overall in yards against in the NFL. Vikings 23rd. I just think Tampa Bay is the better team. Uh, Brady's perfect against the Vikings. It's just, sometimes it's just a mental block against a guy like that. It's kind of like the New York Yankees. It just, it just kind of is. Um, Vikings have had a lot of success against, except that stupid-ass Dallas game. We could be 7-5 and five right there with Tampa, if not for the stupid Dallas game. Just think about that. Just think about that. But maybe we might have lost to Carolina or Jacksonville if Teddy Bridgewater didn't throw an ugly pass at the end of the game last week. Very inaccurate. And then, of course, Jacksonville just sucks. Like, they they lost because they suck. It's that simple. Tampa was doing great until that New Orleans game. And now they've lost two in a row to the Los Angeles Rams and Kansas City Chiefs. They only lost by three, but they but they lost. But they lost. You know, they lost to the World Champion Chiefs, and they lost to the NFC, well, 2018 NFC Champion Rams, where Brady, uh, barely, Brady and Co. barely beat the Rams because uh, spectacular defense, and Brady had one really good drive against that Rams defense. I don't know. That run defense could be a huge problem. They only average, they only allow 74 yards a game. Uh, it didn't help that Madison was out today either, but I suppose we never even used him. Cook is so banged up. This just reeks of a loss, doesn't it? Doesn't it just reek of a loss? And Brady's Brady's eyes are going to light up. And of course, I don't think Brady's going to let his team lose three games in a row. And it's not just because, oh, Joey's a Brady fan. He's a Patriot. This, you know, his Patriot, uh, Patriots are his second favorite team. And Brady's his hero. And no, I, I just think the Buccaneers do not match up well with the Vikings. The, it just reeks of a win for uh, Tampa Bay. 
it could be if Brady, you know, they, they just keep going to that deep, 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 deep nonsense. Now, of course, Brady's going to find weaknesses with these rookie uh, cornerbacks. If anybody can do it, Brady can do it. Obviously, Rodgers had huge moments early in the season and struggled mightily second time around. The Bucks, though, are absolutely in desperation mode. They can't lose to the Vikings because if they lose to the Vikings, they might actually miss the playoffs. Think about that. Not only be uh, one of the top teams in the uh, NFC, which, which they were three weeks ago, before that stupid, or four weeks ago, with a stupid Saints game. They were one of the top teams in the NFC, but now they are absolutely in trouble. Uh, I just I just think there's more desperation from Tampa's side than Minnesota's side. When you just hear about, oh, we are capable of something special. One, two, three, Vikes. Vikes. That doesn't sound like we're, we're motivated and going to beat the Bucks. It sounds like we know we stink. And better luck next year, where Tampa Bay's actually got a little more to play for. That, that's just my vibe. We're very top-heavy. You know, Cook and Jefferson are absolute superstars. Kirk Cousins is Pro Bowl level, I guess, because that doesn't mean as much as it used to, but he's Pro Bowl level, I guess, because he's got nice numbers here and there. <laughs> and he led another comeback. <laughs> yeah, he really led a great comeback to lead us to something very special in the playoffs. We're going to be special. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I think the Buccaneers win the game. Uh, I, I got a bad, I got a feeling about this one. It's going to be something like 31-17, 31-21. 31 Buccaneers beat the Vikings. 31-21, even 31-24. But I do think Delvin Cook's going to struggle. I'm kind of afraid of that. I think overusing Delvin Cook and against a crappy team like the Jaguars, you shouldn't have to overuse him. And it's, again, didn't help with no Madison out there. You could have mixed in Mike Boone, though, couldn't you? I mean, did you have to go like a thousand percent Delvin Cook the whole game? Is that smart? I I don't know, man. We all know his injury history. Great numbers and all that, but I mean, man, that's just dangerous. Bucks win a thirty-one twenty-one over the Minnesota Vikings, a pretty convincing, solid win, and I do believe that just about might dig the dirt on the Vikings playoff hopes and put the Bucks very much in the postseason at eight and five at the end of the day. With that said. That's just how I'm seeing it, man. I mean, Brady knowing what to do against rookie cornerbacks. Best run defense in the league. Vikings history against Brady. Vikings history against Tampa. Kirk Cousins this. And uh, just the awful showing today by the whole flipping team except Justin Jefferson. I mean, Cook was not that good today. He was good late. Thank God for that. But uh, he wasn't that great. Um, And, of course, Vikings, some certain defensive players were great and others weren't. I just think Bucks win. With that said, we'll take a break and we'll hear two calls from Mad Martin in Fan Interaction. Greetings, Joey. Well, here we are again. We go from the uh, the optimism of defeating the Bears and three wins on the bounce back to the reality of what 2020 actually is, um, an inconsistent team. Um, I wasn't surprised. And I think probably a lot of other people were much the same. You know, we support a team that sucks us back in by giving us that mirage that actually, yeah, they look pretty good. And then we come back down to uh, earth with a major league bump. And to be honest, I can't really get too pissed off with our defence. It is in transition. It's got a lot of 
people or youngsters on it that are still learning the art of the game. So this season was always going to be on um, the offence to be able to put up enough points to uh, give this defence a chance at perhaps holding the line. Um, you know, I, I kind of look at it, and I'm, are, are the GM and the head coach on the same sheet as it goes to roster building? Because you, you look at it and you think, hang on, you know, we had, we had a team that built up an exceptionally good defence. Uh, and then we go and get Cousins. And it appears that we've, we've tried to put more and more resources into the offence at the expense of the defence, which is what we've seen this year. And um, we don't have a quarterback that has enough ability to um, paper over those cracks. What, what, what's interesting, and uh, this was a statistic that I heard, um, that in final drives... Um, the Purple have won one in about 160-odd. So it does tell you a lot. You know, how would we feel if this team was seven in three instead of um, four and six as it is? You know, three games where we had to rely on Cousins to actually drive the ball down the field in those last two minutes uh, to get us a victory. Or, or, or <laughs> and, and the biggest problem I see there is that you haven't then got time to use your biggest weapon, Cook, because you can't put him out there running when the clock is ticking down rapidly. And I think other defences are well aware of that situation. Um, would I feel that optimistic if we were 7-3? and three? No, I don't think so, because I still don't think this team's good enough to go into the playoffs and win three games against considerably better opponents. And the telling statistic in those three games that we've lost on the final drive is um, the total yards that the Purple have put up is minus one. Minus freaking one. I mean, it's it's the usual frustration of a Viking fan. Um, you know, looking at it, I think we're currently sitting at about 13th in the draft. Um, so... I suppose I'd be quite happy if we didn't win another game. I hate that prospect, but if, if it gives us a chance of being in the top ten and perhaps being able to draft the likes of Zach Wilson, um, and that's, you know, there's no guarantee the kid will be that franchise quarterback, but it's at that stage where now I would just like them to give it a go. You know, get a rookie contract, build around that rookie, because we'd have the money. Um, I, I, I kind of hope Cousins goes on a blinder for the rest of the season and puts up great numbers and perhaps San Francisco will come in and take that contract off us that would be a real bonus uh, and the bonus would be if we didn't win another game but he puts up great numbers we are in a much more interesting position for 2021 but the thing has always been with the purple is that they're a team that are decent pretty much Every year, you know, you look over a ten-year period. We we usually make a championship game because we have a pretty, or should I say, a very good season, and we probably have seven or eight seasons where we're, we're decent. Yeah, we might go seven, nine, nine, seven, ten, six, or whatever. But we're just good enough not to be able, and especially in the crappy year that we have, where we perhaps we finish three and thirteen, we still aren't able to draft that uh, legitimate franchise changing quarterback and yeah it's a crapshoot the draft but I'd be happy if, if we finish 4 and 12 and have an opportunity to do that this year because I've just 
I just don't see how we ever get to the promised land. Currently, I really don't. Anyway, Joey, um, I could go on and on and, uh, and probably be quite negative and then we'll win next week and be quite positive. It's just, <laughs> it's nuts. Anyway, take care. Joey, uh, Skull Brothers and Sisters, stay safe and happy Thanksgiving, even though this podcast will come out afterwards. Uh, enjoy and be safe. Ah, greetings, Joey. Victory Sunday. Woohoo! Um, I don't know what to say about this game. It's left me kind of speechless. I mean, in many ways, it was horrific to watch. You just didn't know what the hell was going to happen next and who was going to screw up. I, I mean, in a perverse, masochistic sort of way, it was entertaining and I, I couldn't leave it. But um, it was like, holy bleep, what is going on here? You know, I, I'm sitting there, Joey, thinking when uh, Kirk began that uh, that final Vikings drive, oh, well, that's another loss. Um, that's uh, our draft position maintained and perhaps a little bit improved. And what's he do? He takes the team down the bloody field and <laughs> gets a score. And it's like, right, we're a point ahead. Brilliant. Uh, with 46 seconds left on the clock, it was kind of like, can Teddy do it? Um... And, well, fortunately, unfortunately, it depends on where you stand with this team at the moment. Um, we got a victory. So I suppose now we basically have to go all in and hope they can find a way to win the final five games and somehow get into the playoffs. I think um, it says a lot about the 2020 NFL season. A team that has so many flaws, like the Vikings currently do, are in a position to still have a chance of making the playoffs. Um, I still don't think this team has a hope in hell of beating a half-decent team. I think we will be exposed completely on our defence. Um, Dallas certainly proved that last weekend with running the ball at will. Um, to a lesser degree, Carolina did much the same today. You know, at the bye, I was kind of resigned. I think probably a lot of the fans were that this was probably looking like a 3-13 and 13 season. Um, and here we are. We go on that little winning streak and take the North. Uh, lay an egg against Dallas and somehow scrape a victory against Carolina. I don't know what to think. Other than now, I think we all have to be all in and hope that this team can find a way to... Uh, Perhaps go deep in the playoffs. I don't think it's remotely achievable, but uh, stranger things have happened. Um, there are a lot of holes. The interior defensive line today looked bloody atrocious um, and porous. Um, is that is that coaching? Do, can, they, can these guys not tackle? Because um, that's how it looked. I, I know things will hopefully improve next year with Pierce hopefully coming into the team, um, but I, I, I'm really a loss. I think the biggest takeaway for me from this game would be the uh, the question of Teddy Bridgewater and that injury. Would he have still been on this team? Um, I think highly unlikely. I think at best he's an average quarterback. Um, you know, there were a couple of plays today where he had wide open receivers and he overthrew them both times. That would have nailed this game for Carolina. So one question perhaps was answered. I guess now, Joey, we have to treat every game like a playoff game. And we need to win all five. And there's still no guarantee we can make the playoffs. 
Oh, well, so I will enjoy next week. I think uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. I think that's um, very generous of the, uh, the bookmakers. Um, obviously, they fired their GM today as well, so we know what happens with teams that uh, fire someone. The next week, they tend to come out motivated and play very well. I hope this isn't another game like Atlanta, but only time will tell. Anyway, Joey, um, I'll catch your podcast tomorrow morning. Um, Skull Brothers and Sisters, and let's root for victories. And once again, I can't thank you enough, Mad Martin, Dave Martin, Northern Scotland, for those incredible calls. The first one, it's like it got kind of lost in transit or something. I don't even know how that can happen. But every now and then, you send an email to somebody, and it doesn't work. And then you send it again, and it doesn't work again. And it's like, I don't know why that happens, but it just does sometimes. It's happened to me on numerous occasions. I'll send something, and then every now and then also, <laughs> the best part, uh, the, the person gets six emails or something. That never did happen. Uh, eventually, the email did come as uh, <laughs> Mad Martin tried third time's a charm. I don't know what causes that sometimes, because I believe him that he sent it to the right address and everything. Sometimes just weird stuff happens. Like, I tried to post the, the post-game thread for Purple Mafia Show on the Facebook page. So, you know, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, and it didn't work the first two times. Why that is, I have no idea. I have nary an idea. Nary an idea why that happened. But uh, same thing with the email. And then he sent another one after the Vikings beat Carolina. Of course, the Vikings had lost to the Dallas Cowboys. And the uh, the first call, and had beaten Carolina after the second call. And, well, <laughs> a lot to get to there. Awesome, awesome conversation. First call, lots of information. Second call, absolutely spectacular as well. Well, uh, I'll get to, uh, I guess there's like eight little notes here from, from the conversation. I'll keep it brief. I won't babble too much. Uh, obviously, mostly want to just want to give uh, Mad Martin the floor. And isn't he fantastic? In all honesty, isn't he fantastic? He is. <laughs> Number one, it's a constant seesaw between the offense and defense. Or should I say it's a, our coach and GM on the same page because obviously the coach is pro-defense and I do believe Spielman's a bit on the more pro-offense side. I guess. It, it, it sure seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's like there's always a constant seesaw. I remember how good the Vikings defense was when um, Dennis Green took over. And I remember how pathetic it was by the late 90s. How how crappy it was by about 96, 97. But then the offense was prolific. Remember? And, well, Bernsey was an offensive coach. It's just, it just hap- so happened that uh, a lot of defensive players were taken and they ended up being spectacular. Some of them ended up leaving. Some of them ended up getting older. You know, contract disputes, injuries, age, all that good stuff. And there's always a transition. But it's kind of like everywhere, even at work. You, the, you overcompensate on one side, and now the other side's uh, now the other side is way behind and needs a lot of work. So then we overcompensate on that side, and then the other side needs a lot of work. And it's just an ongoing seesaw that lasts forever and ever and ever and ever. Yep, great point, though, of course. And it's a, it is a constant seesaw as, uh, you know... We've ignored the defense suddenly, at least the last year and a half, two years, since bringing in Kirk Cousins. But the offense looks really kind of good most of the time, except for the first half of the Jacksonville game. It was kind of awful. But, yeah, <laughs> let's go back. Point number three, defenses know how we can't count on Cousins on his own because you're unable to, to run the ball, basically. Uh, they key in on that, and they make us look like fools. Related to that, and point number four is up to that point, up to the Cowboys game and games lost on the final drive, our total offense was minus one in yardage. Minus one. 
incredible uh, stat you brought up there, Mr. Uh, Mad Martin. That is amazing, isn't it? Absolutely incredible how you brought that up, and it's <laughs> it's like you sit and put that in perspective. It's amazing, and it's ironic how against Carolina and Jacksonville, we actually were semi-decent in the final drive, I guess, at moments. Well, we got more than minus one, at least, but uh, yeah, we beat two teams that were not that good. Carolina had some promise at, on occasion. Uh, Bridgewater could have easily won the game against the Vikings, but he missed. And then, of course, uh, he missed on a sure touchdown pass uh, late, which I didn't even mention because there were so many other things I was talking about. That's just how it goes at this show. There's always like 19,000 things to talk about, and you miss uh, an important point or two. When I, I was just basically like, oh, the Vikings defense held Teddy Bridgewater. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, well, we, 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 we kind of did. <laughs> and then the kicker missed a 54-yard because overcompensation. He compensated too much on the strength of the kick versus the accuracy. There's a fine line between strength and accuracy, and that time he just overdid it. Uh, he, he wasn't exactly Matt Prater, but then again, Matt Prater hasn't exactly been Matt Prater early, uh, either this year for the Detroit Lions. Number five, they we're always stuck in the middle of the draft when we're not good, basically. Pretty much. It's like you always win a couple games late in the season, and then it screws everything up. Uh, we could have even gotten Andrew Luck. But, oh, but we'd already taken Christian Ponder, though. We'd already taken Ponder, so you can't do that. You can't take Andrew Luck. You know, he, he, we'd, we'd already taken Ponder. Remember back in 2011, when we were 3-13, and 13, we won like a game or two late. And instead of being 2-14 and 14 or 1-15, and 15, we were 3-13. and 13. Uh, Quaint. It's just quaint. Then we ended up taking Matt Khalil, which I backed one hundred percent at the time because I thought he was a left tackle of the future and well he was in his first year and after that just like Brian McKinney after that not as good uh, Brian McKinney ended up having a better career but still how many people how many people out there will tell you how great Brian McKinney could have been if he actually cared you know if he actually cared Matt Khalil well same thing he can't stay healthy either Matt freaking Khalil man I can't believe that was nine years ago already actually about ten years ago wasn't it? I don't know. What a, what a weird world we live in. Weird. Weird. Let's keep going. Point number six. Teams are able to run the ball at will after the Carolina game. Yep. And yeah, it, it happened a bit yesterday with James Hollywood Robinson, as I continue to call him, at times, especially early on in that game when Jacksonville's offense was cutting through the Vikings like warm butter. You'll see an icon about that, I think, from Malcolm McSween on the Twitter account. I believe it was Malcolm. We'll get back to that in a moment. Point number seven that uh, Mr. Mad Martin made. Hard to uh, hard to know what to think. We we can't beat Dallas. Yeah, we beat Carolina, and then obviously today's Jacksonville game. To add to that, ah, they're not that good. That the conclusion comes to, and I'm sure Mad Martin agrees with this a thousand percent. I could just imagine him uh, hearing me say this right now and is about to tweet it out right back to me. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly how I feel. They're just not that good. You know, we might make the playoffs, and it's cute and everything. We're actually in the playoffs right now, uh, and we would be headed to Lambeau Field. Isn't that the weirdest thing ever? We'd actually be in the playoffs, and it's like, wow, give everybody an extension because we were 1-5, and five and we're going to make the playoffs, and, and we can build this thing together. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop us now. No, I, I, or don't stop believing. <laughs> I don't know about that. I wish. You know, there are times our offense makes me think that, and of course the young defense and how good they look on occasion, it makes you want to, sing the song from Journey, Don't Stop Believing," and here we go, we're going to be the 2007 Giants. I wish, oh, I wish, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, but uh, it's just not going to happen, is it? Point number eight, and final, 
Hope this isn't another game like Atlanta, meaning Jacksonville, and it almost was, but Jacksonville was just a little, Jacksonville was just worse, actually. Uh, they didn't have Matt Ryan, they didn't have Julio Jones. I don't think Julio even played against us, actually. It was the other wide receiver that torched us in that game. And the Atlanta defense, actually, is what really beat us. They made Cousins look like a dimwit, and yeah, it was just a terrible game. Uh, Raheem Morris, and there was the sugar high and everything, but it was just the general manager that got fired. It wasn't Doug Marone, who apparently is one of the two or three worst coaches in the league, him and Adam Gaze. A lot of people believe him and Adam Gaze are being left in there to make sure there is no sugar high so they don't screw up their draft position. You know what? I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him at all. It's just sad but true. Screw the sugar high, you know, with a lousy team. You could get a franchise quarterback oh, out of the two anyway, uh, Fields. Or uh, Mr., of course, Lawrence at the top of Le Draft. So thank you so much for those call-ins. You're going to get a gold or silver or just most likely a gold. I mean, just awesome, awesome call-ins. And, of course, you heard some tweets from Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland as well. It's just uh, absolute, an absolute pleasure when he calls in. It, isn't it, though? Absolute pleasure. So let's get to Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Malcolm McSween and Tanae Brown retweeting the most recent show. Malcolm also liking it. Malcolm's out of the southern part of California. Not like Los Angeles or anything, but the southern part of it. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Both of them Purple Mafia Hall of Famers, as in as is Dave Mad Martin. You guys are all just legends. Tanae Brown says, I hate how Cousins can look like a top five quarterback in one drive, then Christian Ponder the next. Isn't that the truth? He could be well worth his contract if he found consistency. Would be interesting to see how a healthy Vikings team would have played this season. Man, those are some good points. <laughs> those are some great points. I mean, think about that, though. Yeah, you know, and it, that's exactly true, how Cousins at times can look absolutely great, and that's where the $30 million comes in, and then Christian Ponder. He literally looks like Ponder, the stupid, idiot mistakes, like the first play of the second half. Like, he's done that. he's actually done that multiple times this year. I think he did that in the Atlanta game, didn't he? It was just like intercepted. Like, oh, that's a great play. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much, Christian. I mean, uh, Kirk. Excuse me, Kirk Ponder, Christian, Christian Cousins. I, I don't know. <laughs> he did it against Dallas too, didn't he? Where it was just literally ready, hot, hot, intercepted. Like first play of the half, uh, second half. <laughs> Momentum set. We got the ball. We're ready to go. And wow, that's. That, that's just, yeah, okay. All right, so yeah, how's it going, guys? How, how's it going, huh? How's the weather? <laughs> yeah, basically like clowns like everywhere. That's that's water cooler talk, isn't it? Time for some water cooler talk. How's the weather in, how's the weather in Cambodia today? Next, Mad Martin, next case. Mad Martin, <laughs> that was great today, thank you. Mad Martin says, how to use my new phone, which makes zero sense as it's basically an email, Read a good article from Tyler Dune at... Oh, I didn't see this. I'm so sorry. I, I better, yeah, check it out, uh, anybody out there. And I'll check it out as well. Golongtd.subtract at, at com. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be .com. Will the Minnesota Vikings rise under Mike Zimmer? Yeah, boy, that phone must have been driving you crazy. Yeah, it, it had all kinds of issues there. I could t- see that. But, uh, yeah, okay, I see. Go long touchdown. Go, go long TD dot Subtract.com. So, interesting. Check that one out. I'll check it out as well. <laughs> Will the Vikings rise under Mike Zimmer? Interesting. Well, I mean, it's interesting to see how things uh, improved. Yep, and there was the game. He was slicing through warm butter. There it was. 
Malcolm McSween, a pure Irish butter, carry gold Irish butter. Malcolm McSween with the Irish butter. Yep, I like it. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine that is an Irish name, right, Malcolm? Most likely, or Scottish, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I hope you don't mind me doing the accent. Please don't be offended. I'm sure you're just having fun as well. I'm sure you're having uh, fun with me doing the accents. Malcolm McSween with the Irish butter. Oh, let's keep going, eh? Let's keep going, eh? I'm a Canadian, Irish Canadian, I guess. Jamie McLennan, the former wild goaltender at the beginning there. He, he had an Irish accent, and he said A, you know, he said A and Irish and all that, so occasionally you'll get that there. He said, shit, did Mad Martin, that was one of those bad plays. Yet another crap start from a so-called red-hot offense. Black Space Gaming, I think maybe this is, I think this is Sebastian. I think it is. I'm not sure, but I think it is. He says, welcome to Zimmer, as uh, things were starting to get funky there. <laughs> and he was watching, uh, he said... How we watch the NFL here. Yeah, that's because all the defense was getting sliced through like warm butter, just like Malcolm McSween said. I think this is Sebastian. That's my guess, because I know he's doing some online uh, video game sports and all that. Pretty cool stuff. All due respect to him and his PS5 already. Holy cow. I'm stuck in PS1 and 2, guys. Uh, 2 doesn't... 2, you know, I, the 3D is prettier than 1. It's just that 1 has the classicness to it that 2 doesn't, I guess. And then... Yeah, NES Classic, Super NES Classic and stuff. That's kind of my area of expertise. And the Game & Watch, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not on video, but I'm waving it at the screen as if I'm on video. I do believe this is Sebastian. I think it is. So if it is, let me know Sebastian in a text or a tweet or something in case you're listening, because I think and hope he might be. Uh, Malcolm McSween says, once again, coming out of halftime is absolutely embarrassing. Yes, it is. And I'm really sorry I wasn't as active as I could have been. It's just, let's just say again, busy, busy schedule again. Hopefully next week I'll be more active. I'm going to make a point of being that way. But uh, again, thank you so much for the interaction. You guys are awesome. Apologize if the show is a little too long, though. A lot of you seem to like that. So uh, that's okay. Uh, heck, sin bin for Las Vegas. Sometimes it's three, three hour shows. <laughs> Uh, you know, that, those are some long shows, and I get a lot of positive ratings. Sinbin, Vegas, Golden Knights. Yes, I'm a Golden Knights fan, and a Wild fan first, Golden Knights second. Let's keep moving. Matt Martin says, a game we should have wrapped up easily. Instead, we go to OT, because yet again, our field goal unit is garbage. Defense stepped it up at 1-5. Who could believe we'd get back to 500? Yeah, we did, and it is cool that we did, and we're actually a playoff team, if you can believe that. And I was saying, what the bleep was that? That was a, what, uh, that awful kick by uh, by uh, Mr. Uh, Dan Bailey. That was one of the worst kicks I've ever seen. It was Blair Walsh-like. But I guess it was kind of bad like last week's attempted winner by the uh, Carolina kicker. <laughs> yeah, that was bad too. The big bulky dude with the tattoos and all that. Yeah, he's a big son of a gun. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Thank you guys so much for the interaction. That was awesome. Let's get to Facebook quickly. Rapido. I have a feeling Twitter's more active, but then not necessarily. Facebook was moving yesterday, too. So, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. One comment on the most recent, uh, epi- the posting of the most recent episode, and when it's on most relevant, there's nothing there. Gee, that's kind of an insult, isn't it? Mark's like, really, man? Mark Carlson says, new show is out. Thank you so much. He was saying that to a Jamin Chase. J. Jamin? J. Mason Chase Carlson. Yes, thank you very much, Jay Mason, Carlson, and Mark, of course. BB's Redemption, episode 331. No, 330. This is 331. They are who we thought they were. 
both teams. Yeah, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> Next week, I already have an idea what the show might be called if things go the way that I predicted. <laughs> Let's keep moving. Uh, this was when we had our first ever Wednesday night football game. Wednesday night football. <sighs> Ravens versus Steelers, what could have been a great game, but it just wasn't because it just wasn't. I don't know. Ravens just aren't good right now for some reason, and they're like the opposite of the Vikings, I guess. Great start, and down they go. Mark Olsen says, I don't mind, mainly because each team only plays one game a week, and that is about my pace in sports. I get lost in baseball season. Yeah, me too. It's too long. Uh, one more comment. They should get Adam Sandler to do the commentary. That would be hilarious. That would be funny. Eric Mostard, South Dakota. Mark Carlson out of Iowa, of course. So, uh, Eric Mostert says, screw it, let's just have NFL football every night of the week, stick the crappy lineups midweek, reserve the better games for Friday through Monday, yeah, Jets can play on Wednesday morning at 5.30, yeah, sounds about right, that's the Jets, boy, just end the season, that's the Jets, that, that's what Jets stands for, you know that, right, you know that, right? you know that, right, Eric, uh, Jets... Uh, just ends the just end the season. Yeah, that's it's just one of those years again. Just like the rich Kotai era. Just yeah, you get the point. Sorry, Mark Carlson says, "Ha ha, Jets can play Wednesday Wednesday mornings." Yep, he loved that one. Keep moving, keep moving, Joey. Keep moving. It's a long and Vikings activate Adam Thielen off the reserve COVID nineteen list. Oh, there were times in this game I thought might as well have left him there for one more week, you know, because I don't know he was not very sharp, was he? He was not sharp. He was not a sharp guy out there. Mark Carlson says, maybe that is what our team needs to learn, how to win without a certain player, and what develops could be amazing. Yeah, because that's the thing. And something that was commented multiple times on the score north and all that, I was saying I love the way the ball was spread around last week. Hope they keep doing it. See, against Carolina, you look at the stat sheet, and just the, just the game itself, it was fun to watch. The first half was lousy, just like Jacksonville. We played, both of those teams opened up their careers in 95, their their existence in 95, Carolina and Jacksonville back-to-back weeks, and pretty sure that's the first time we've ever gone back-to-back with those two. If I'm wrong, boy, that's interesting, if that's actually happened before. Kind of a little phenomenon with the planets lining up there, which they are doing, actually. Saturn and Jupiter are getting super close now, and we might have a little Christmas star coming up around the 21st of December. Now we might, we will. It's going to be cool. Hasn't happened in a long time, like long time. Yeah, let's keep moving. Um, the ball was not spread around nearly as much. And that's what a lot of people didn't like in Score North, uh, you know, Mackie and Judd and all that, and Declan Goff, when they give him a chance to speak, was <laughs> he's kind of the youngster there, but he's good. Uh, I love when he talks hockey. Uh, how it's just Kirk Cousins is constantly just looking for Adam Thielen, looking for Adam Thielen, looking for Adam Thielen. Spread the freaking ball around. Ole Beasy Johnson did great when he got a chance. He's actually a worthy wide receiver in the NFL. He's 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 worthy. He's worthy. And watch him just leave via free agency because he's not getting the ball. He's not getting a chance. And he doesn't want to take a minimum contract. He could get offered at least a couple million dollars with the Jaguars or the something or others. Who knows? <laughs> Miami Dolphins with, uh, Maya, with uh, Tua or something. Who knows? Could happen with B.C. Johnson. He's, he might resurface somewhere else because of that reason. But uh, we'll see what happens. Well, you can't give everybody money, unfortunately. It's just reality. That's the crappy part. Keep moving. Uh, I'd rather have BC than BB, that's for sure. Uh, oh, yeah, I was saying how, FYI, this week's Purple Mafia show will not be released until Monday morning due to scheduling constraints. Thank you all for your patience and loyalty. Yep. Mark Carlson, Iowa, says it's all good. The staff at Purple Mafia always produce the best. Would any of us want a rush product? 
I hope not, and I hope I'm not ever doing rushed products. Yeah, and I agree with you. Thank you so much. It's better to not rush it. That's why State of the Vikings is usually recorded over uh, two or three different uh, days, like different days. The, the segments are recorded on different days, usually for the State of the this, State of the that, unless I'm just on a roll, because it's just higher quality that way. You know, and obviously more information comes out, and plus uh, I'm more fresh with, like, the season wrap-up early on. And then, you know, it's free agency draft conversation and, of course, fan interaction, blah, blah, blah. Keep moving. Uh, Kurt Back says, thanks for the update. Kurt Back out of White Bear Lake, of course. Good friend locally here, of course. Uh, Vikings versus Jaguars in-game threat. I know there was a lot of good conversation. This may go on for a bit yet. Uh, bear with me, guys. It's probably going to be a two-hour plusser. Looks like it. It sure does, eh? It sure does, eh? I'll try to, try to somehow keep it uh, pithy, as Bill O'Reilly would say. Dude, like you were saying, another nail buyer with cousins at the helm. I'm shaking like Mike Zimmer. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> Here comes the field goal. Not even close. Yep, that was Kurt Back and Dave Hickey interaction. Mike Dale, New York State, not City, saying, Jesus sake, it's just about who shoots themselves in the foot less. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it's so true. Mark Carlson says, what a weird game. And yes, it was the worst ever. Here comes a tie, says Curtin. You know what? It could have easily been. If this was one of those years where we were clearly not even, you know, if this was like 2013, this would have definitely been a tie, or 2008. It just, or 18, pardon me, it just reeked of that. Maybe this is the difference of us squeezing into the postseason, I guess. Woo-hoo. Brett McCarthy says it's not that hard. You run the ball, you catch the ball, and play defense. <laughs> Are you kidding? Three and out in OT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kurt Back says GD horse bleep, we're done. And somehow we still won. Nice pick by Danzler, according to Brett McCarthy. South Dakota, I was saying, unreal. Oh, my God. Hail Mary before the half. That was bad, too. That was really bad. Um, there was no point for that kind of nonsense. Could have been intercepted. And a Hail Mary before overtime, too. Really dumb. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Mike Dale, this was uh, on. This was a big-time play by Justin Jefferson that got called back because of pass interference. OPI. That was a bummer. Mike Dale says, BS, offensive pass, inter- uh, pass interference call, but what else is new? Roger and Bonin says, ugh. Mike Dale has one here saying, oh, oh boy. I hope they're not in the mood to be laying an egg against inferior opposition, just like they occasionally do a few times a season. Jackson will make that look too easy for an opening drive for a team that only has one win so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Falcons and Cowboys says, Dave Hickey. And Mike responds with exactly, you can, you can't not show up to play every couple of weeks. It, it's not being prepared. Yeah, defensive line not getting any pressure. Here we go. Here's a nice big one from uh, Mike Dale. He says, "It sounds annoyingly cliche, but this game is going to come down to who wants to shoot themselves in the foot less and who doesn't want to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory." There's a reason why the Jags are one in ten. The Vikings just need to f up less than them. <laughs> Only down by three, on, and on paper, the Vikes are a slightly better team. It sucks that Eric Kendricks is out, but hopefully our safeties, Harrison and Harris, sounds like a law firm. It does, doesn't it? Uh, can bring leadership to this uh, young defense and hold the fort down. The O-line looks like garbage, but if Delvin starts getting any kind of joy in the second half, I foresee the points being scored. And luckily they did, for the most part. The points were scored, but then the defense kind of sucked at times, too. Uh, Mark Carlson loved that about the the law firm. 
Brad McCarthy to school, everyone. Happy holidays. And I was saying Merry Christmas back at you. Yes, sir. Catch the bleeping ball. This is pathetic. I was getting mad about this. Kendricks out injured in warm-ups. Yep, that was sad. Unreal. No wait. It is. Unreal. No way to pick six to start the second half. <laughs> yep, the same old thing there. Braille, yeah, Roger Imboden. I like this one. Brailford. Who is he and where did he come from? Yeah, uh, he never played. He was a seventh round pick for the Washington Redskins at the time. Now they're the football team and the Gophers and the Red Tails and whatever. It's a, their new name. Ah, oh, boy. Mark Cousins says, just getting the game on radio while out of town and it's right at the kickoff starting the third quarter and holy cow, what is going on? A pick six. Yep. Dave Hickey says, is this going to be another hero to goat like BB last week? Yep. <laughs> or goat to hero like BB last week. Yeah, with uh, maybe, I believe he's talking about Dan Bailey and yeah, he blew it. Uh, he blew it. Ben McCarthy was saying they need to regroup. Awful. Mike Dale says, is it just me? But is Dalvin turning into AP Mark Mark two? every week with this more frequent fumbling. Yeah, it's it's scaring me, big time. It's scaring me. Kurt Back was saying, we don't deserve to win. Absolutely horrible. Good night. They ain't won a, they ain't won a GD game. Then this happens. What the what the F? <laughs> Kurt is mad. Yep. Uh, he thinks they're going to tie. Yep. I think that's about it for the... Yeah, that's it. That's it, that's it for the end game. It's kind of cool to just get a vibe what people were saying. I know. Maybe I'm going too long with some of that. Okay. Here's the uh, post-game thread. And then a brief thing with uh, Justin Jefferson as well. Mark Carlson says, I didn't get to watch the game, but listened on the radio. Why do we always play to the level of our opponents? We should have buried this junk team. I mean, it was exciting at times to listen to, but fr also frustrating. Happy for a W. We need, we need to add a kicker to the list of positions that need attention. We are no playoff team. It's sad to think because Bailey was great. You know, maybe not great, but very solid, very steady. And now he had one of the worst games ever. It's probably his worst game of his career. Hopefully he can uh, get that behind him. And it was just Jacksonville. It's just a Jacksonville type of day, and he'll be better after that. But, man, almost cost us the game, didn't he? Gerald String says, sorry. Is, uh, Gerald String out of Nebraska says, sorry. It's hard for me to participate in the game thread since I can't get the Vikings games out here. I don't really have a chance to watch until available on Game Pass. That said, I wasn't really shocked that we struggled. Jags played played Packers tough a couple weeks ago. That is true. And you'll always have the sugar high anytime a coach or GM gets fired. We got burnt. We got, we got the brunt of that phenomenon with Atlanta a few weeks ago. True. What a crazy season. Vikes have been pretty much up or down to their competition all season. When we were 1-5, did anyone think by week 13 we would be right back in the thick of the playoff hunt? Wow, a win is a win, and that's all that matters. Can't wait to see if we are able to at least hang with Brady next week. We'll see. I'm, I'm not confident about it, but we'll see. Maybe we'll finally beat him. Maybe. I mean, you have to beat somebody sometime, I guess, but I don't know. It is the GOAT. He is the GOAT for a reason. Some people think he's just a cheater. I don't think that's uh, the sum of Brady's career. I, I, I don't. Uh, a lot of a lot of the great players cheated, believe it or not. Everybody, yeah, and everybody cheats a little bit in sports. I mean, if if you don't think that's true, you're crazy. It, it happens. But uh, we'll keep moving. Mike Dale, yep, thank you. Awesome, awesome comment, uh, Gerald. Mike Dale says, pros, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Cam Dancer. I agree with those. 
Except for Adam, damn it. No, <laughs> Adam early on frustrated me, but he's okay. What am I saying? I'm sure he's going to be off a little bit. Look at the pros compared to the cons. <laughs> that was the pros. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Cam Dancer. Cons. It is two paragraphs. Two. Okay, cons. The offensive line seemed to regress for some reason against a not-so-formidable defensive front. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Remember? 11 sacks all year, and then they gave up four. Four. Wow. That's like, what, 38% of the whole freaking season's worth? <laughs> that's pretty weird. Um, he was saying a not-so-formidable def uh, dis defensive front from the Jags. Dan Bailey, I don't care if he hit the chip shot field goal on OT. He single-handedly almost lost the game for us. The game shouldn't have gotten to OT. With all his extra point misses and field goal misses, Christian Ponder, memorial candidate for sure. Yep, and he got it. Uh, he, he got it. Yep, uh, we also know that when it comes to kickers, Zimmer doesn't suffer fools gladly. Hopefully it's just a blip, as Bailey hasn't been bad all year. Yeah, hasn't had a bad year up until this game. Yeah, I mean, it's true. He really hasn't. It was weird yesterday, just weird. Uh, he continues, um, we have no business being in playoff contention. Disgraceful and sloppy performance. The defensive line seemed to have been completely a non-factor until they decided to show up late when they were crucially needed. Kudos with the safety. If we miraculously make the playoffs, we'll get ragdolled in the first wild card game. Probably, most likely, even if it is the Packers who we beat this year. Yeah, the safety is what made the score even up a bit, which is funny. The safety was nice to get yeah, later in the game. Brent McCarthy says, sloppy game. They need to clean up something. Kubiak play calling defensive. Defense played big when needed. Jesse Ball wraps up this section saying, man, do the Vikings like playing at home? This playing down to our opponent seems to be a, seems to be a constant under Zimmer. I wanted them to show, to show up today, but a win is a win. Still in the playoff hunt in December after the start. That's not too bad, I guess. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, I think during most of Dennis Green's run as well, the Vikings played to the level of their opponent. That was quite a theme. Justin Jefferson becomes the Vikings, the second Vikings rookie to record 1,000 yards receiving. <clears throat> Only the second to Randy Moss. Isn't that crazy? Even Percy Harvin didn't. It took him forever to get 1,000 yards. Patrick Grant says rookie of the year. Mark Carlson says shining star. Agree with both of you guys. That'll conclude the uh, fan interaction, which was very, 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 very busy. Just a lot of people had a lot to say, including myself. That's why we've reached the two-hour point for the uh, second or third time this year. Very, very busy, 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 busy show, believe it or not. I wasn't uh, expecting that, but it, it happened because it was such a weird game. Weird. Uh, and some nice moments like Josh and Jefferson and such. Can't thank you guys enough for your interaction and your constant... Uh, you know, you just you you guys really make this show better. You really do, every one of you. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Gold star for this show has got to go to Mar uh, got to go to Adam Carlson. Adam Carlson. Why am I saying that? Adam. <laughs> what am I saying? Dave Martin. I'm going nuts. I'm thinking about Adam Thielen, Adam Carlson, Mark Carlson. <laughs> Dave Martin is going to get the gold star for this episode. At the end of the day, I'm going to leave that in there just so you guys can get a chuckle. Yeah, you know, I mean, why not to leave that in there? It's kind of a goofy gaff there. <laughs> I'm doing a, I'm doing a certain presidential candidate, gaffing around a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's a little shot. Uh, <laughs> Mad Martin's going to get the gold star. Silver star <clears throat> is going to go to Mark Carlson and Mike Dale. You guys are going to ring that sucker in. Uh, bronze star, Brett McCarthy. And uh, you know, 
Brent McCarthy and uh, Tanae Brown are going to definitely bring that in. Absolutely great show. Thank you guys so much for your interaction. Kurt Back also for the passion. He gets a bronze star as well. Kurt Back, great passion. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you guys always for being a part of things. Uh, Gerald String, awesome comment as well. And my, uh, you know, I, I could give you guys all stars. I can't give everybody a star every week, but even though I want to, I, I want to so bad. Just going to go with those for today. Uh, awesome, yeah. Dave Hickey's always like a gold star, silver star type of guy, as is uh, Gerald String, always, man. Uh, but uh, those are the stars for this week. Thank you again so much for your interaction. Please do write a positive rating on iTunes. I did get one recently. I did get one recently. Uh, let's get to it super fast. This will be an automatic silver star for this person. I had it, and then I put it away. I mean, I put the put the device away here. i got to dig it up here to be able to get it from Apple Podcasts, at least. I think Apple and Stitcher are the only ones that actually show them for some reason. Come on. It's not popping up. Ugh. That drives me nuts. I think it was loading something. That's why. Oh, boy, it's not working. Don't you just love that? Well, we'll just have to give that a minute. But first, please do write a positive rating on iTunes if you could, or Stitcher. Those are two the only two applications I know you can do that. But if you can do it on, on uh, Google Podcasts and others, I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Iron Metal Man, that's who it was. He writes, Wild. That's the title of the uh, comment, and it's five stars. Isn't, it the, isn't this the host of Brave the Wild podcast? I love that podcast. Yes, I am the host of Brave the Wild. Do check that out for NHL Hockey. Minnesota Wild Conversation. That show has gotten very popular the last year and a half, two years. It was, you know, it was always doing okay. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But then the last two to three years, it just seemed to get, it just seemed to kind of move up. And, of course, met some nice new people. And that really helped, too. Uh, thank you so much for that. That's a nice compliment to hear Brave the Wild getting mentioned in there. <laughs> That's pretty cool, of all things. I never thought I'd see that happen. But, uh, yeah, if you could write a positive rating on Purple, Purple Mafia on iTunes or Stitcher, Greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, uh, Iron Metal Man there. <laughs> Iron Metal Man. <laughs> likes, maybe likes rock and roll, I think. Maybe. Um, <laughs> there's the uh, the way to get on with the audio submission route is simply, that's the only way to get your voice on here these days, is simply open up the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Just open it up, click record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description, including the Facebook and Twitter accounts. Again, can't thank you guys enough for everything. Hope you're having a good Christmas slash holiday season, however you like to say, say it. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy Holidays, I guess. <laughs> That's not my favorite phrase in the world, but it is what it is. Uh, it's generalizing, I guess, but yeah. I like to. I'd rather just say the holiday itself, but that, that's okay. Whatever is your preference, I suppose. With that said, take care. We'll be back next week to talk about Brady and the Buccaneers. Will we finally beat Tom Brady? Hmm. We'll have to wait and see.